Mustache? No. Sideburns? No. Goatee? Maybe. Beard? Beard! Episode 
17 of this uncensored fork that we like to call Beard, Beard Talk Live. Talk Live. Indeed. We're forking here. What the fork is going Oh, wait. We don't have to say forking because we're uncensored. We can say what the fuck is going on around here. <laughs> so you know when I say what forking show is this. I'm just referring to it being an offshoot. It is. Uh, so did you, so did when you, you play that song, yeah. does it get played on? Do you get a YouTube? Is there a YouTube video of this? Is YouTube live? What's going on? Uh, when I play that song, all people see is the Beard Talk Live logo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we didn't bother with uh, YouTube, did we? No. Yeah. Uh, no, what I'm saying is as if it if it's up on YouTube, that band is going to get all the monetization from this video. Neat. Not uh, that there's any monetization yeah. from Free Talk Live I, videos. Yeah. And good for them. Yeah, it's fine. Uh they probably appreciate the free publicity that they're getting. Uh, uh, but they do. And uh they, I, they haven't sent a thank you note. This is our what, eighteenth episode? Seventeenth, <laughs> yeah. Seventeen. We are uh what old enough to what did your parents let you do at seventeen? Date, drive? You can go see a rated R movie. Rated R movie, that's yeah. right. I I my first date An N C seventeen rated movie you can. Well, I guess I shouldn't say my first date. But not an adult website. Sorry. The first date sort of with a, you know, in high school, real girl, you know, that kind of thing. She was an upperclassman. She was, uh, I don't know, I guess she was a junior and I was, well, I was 16. I know that much. Okay. And uh, my friend was working at the mall and it was Aliens with Sigourney Weaver. This is a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And I'm Classic. going with this 17-year-old girl just say, basically hoping that I can get into this movie. <laughs> and uh fortunately my friend bob is working at the theater that oh, yeah. night and uh Andy. he you know he's like just make sure you can let this guy into this movie you know yeah. and like he gets me through it would have been very embarrassing this is the first date with this girl and high stakes man high stakes it was high stakes but yeah you you made a thing or at least enhanced you prepared a thing but i don't see it on your chin mark Oh yes, I need to put the beard Obey on. Obey the beard. There we uh, go. Here's my. I've got my beard on. All right. You're, you're, so tell me, do you believe in artificial male enhancement? <laughs> That's kind of what it is. <laughs> you know, I have had beards a couple of times in my life, and I just don't love you, them. Like, are you able though? Like, I don't. I've seen scruff, goatees. But like, okay, all right. I can grow I a think, goatee. I think I've seen you in the goatee. That would have been a long time ago. But like on the show or something. So I would like to point out that there is absolutely uh, a fundamental manliness to expressing your uh, resistance to torture. Whether (laughs) that is uh, your resistance to the poison of alcohol, uh, your resistance to excessive capsaicin, not my favorite. I don't engage in that game. I like that one. Yeah? Yeah. I I put extra rooster sauce in my uh, faux bowl. Faux bowl. What's rooster sauce? It's sriracha. Sriracha is yeah, a brand of rooster sauce, oh, but right. usually it, it has a rooster, rooster on it. On it yeah, right? So yeah. Okay. that's that's flavorful spice. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about manliness testing spice. Yeah, I, I'm just not into that. Um, you Me know, neither. I, I'm not for spiciness as a personality type. You can go ahead and do it if that's what you want. Yeah. I eat super spicy food. Well, no, you, know, I I, you know, okay. I, I, I'm a spice wuss. I bust a sweat off of like Taco Bell mild sauce. Well, you you absorbed too much liquid sunshine is what happened. Yeah. yeah. I do have a good spicy uh, story, though. Uh-huh. I was given one of those peanuts that's covered in the ghost pepper stuff. Ooh, and it's I'm like, oh, you know, watch watch out for this. You know, just a guy at a bar. Why don't you save it for now? Passing it out, <laughs> passing them out, just sort of seeing whether people will t- yeah. take them, that kind of thing. And I'm like, yep, I'm going to do that. Now, first off, I'll say luck was on my side. It Just a where, where it hit on my tongue was a spot that just 
It's going to be harder to burn than most. Mm. But this was the spiciest thing I've ever eaten in my life. Okay. And... You know, I chewed it up the way you're supposed to do it. They had, you know, like chew it for 10 seconds or whatever the thing was and then, you know, swallow and, you know, all that. I chewed it up, swallowed it, chased it with some water. And I had more uh, water than I normally would have with something. That's where you went wrong. I know. You're supposed to have milk or something. And uh, but ultimately, I just showed no expression the whole time. Like, this is spicy. Mm. I'm telling people, it's really, it's the spiciest thing I've ever had. And the guy giving out, it's like, he wants to laugh, but what are you exactly you're going to do if the person's not going, Wah! you know? Like, well, and that is the exact point of these manliness tests. Yeah. It's not supposed to not hurt you. The whole point is that it hurts like hell, but you maintain a stoic expression, which means that when you stab yourself accidentally while we're hunting, <laughs> I can expect you not to wuss out. <laughs> it's true. Just how the whole thing goes. Uh, we have to get uh, business out of the way. Uh, normally, we do the seven words, uh, sort of uh, <laughs> chant, chant them together. So let's get that out of the way. It's uh-huh. uh, shit, shit, piss, fuck, cock, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Okay. I'm right glad on. you know them. I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel good. Uh, not not for the first half a dozen, I don't think, but uh, you muddle your way through. Like It occurs to me. Uh, much later in life, like just a couple of weeks ago, I was watching, there was a uh, sort of a George Carlin documentary kind of a thing talking about his life. And so uh, I was reminded of the fact that he was arrested for saying those seven words that we just said while giving a performance at Summerfest, which is this huge music fest that goes on in Milwaukee every year downtown on the lake. It's huge. Uh, It might even be the largest musical uh, gathering, you know, they they have some sort of claim to fame about yep. it being the largest thing. Anyway, he Large, was a, largest single day outdoor music festival no, like held a, in a park yeah, with a lake. It's like a. <laughs> it might be two weeks. I think it used to be a week, but I think it's two weeks now. But at any rate, uh, he said those words, making light of them, just as he does in the act that he's famous for, and of course, some Karen. Was like, oh, he said the bad words. What about the children? And so he got arrested in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. What and year was it? Seventy-two, right? Okay. Like I'm born that year. Yeah, right? and I'm like, oh, weird. And I remember hearing little bits about, yep, George Carlin was arrested in Milwaukee for saying, like, growing up. But like, it didn't hit me that it was like that close. Like I was born in Milwaukee. Yeah. Right? So like, I didn't like put that together until just a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, oh shit. He did that in the town I was fucking born in. That's right. awesome. Like, I, it makes me feel better about like enjoying his art. It gives you an idea of just how much things have changed since 1972, too. Yeah, and I mean, you got Free Talk Live changed dramatically and fundamentally when Janet Jackson's boob was shown. Really? Mm. That's like a, a pivot point. For it the was show? a pivot point for yeah, the show, and. It went from sort of we were a, you know, man talk kind of show to a much more news talk kind yeah, of show. Current events for and stuff. some years. And honestly, I don't know that we've ever gone back to the man talk as much as we did at the time. But nothing has happened since then. I want you to think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Just think about radio and its presence in 2022 in America and ask yourself. Other than offending some little old women, what 
could saying the seven dirty words on broadcast stations possibly do? You're not going to corrupt the mind, the mind, young minds of American youth because they don't give a. They're busy they watching fuck. people say fuck on YouTube. They're and when they're done with that, they're going to watch porn on uh, porn tube. What is it called? Pornhub. Uh, Pornhub is Pornhub. the number one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, notably, uh, accepts primarily uh, cryptocurrency because they fell afoul of the old, uh, uh, not banning so much as like make it harder to bank rules, uh, uh, choke, uh, operation choke point kind of stuff. And, you know, like the idea that you're protecting kids, like they're, they're sitting in their you know, in their rooms with a transistor radio underneath the covers, listening to free talk live. What the fuck? <laughs> what kind yeah, of I, idiot I have, thinks that's the truth? I have seen absolutely no attempt whatsoever to deal with the fucking world as it is. Like, yeah. Okay, guys, we have we have opened a world where humans can come into existence without any fucking ever occurring. Mm-hmm. We obviously live in a world where the expectation of society for largely ill is that you can fuck without consequence. All right, we have to. Do I guess a, that's true. We have to do a thing here. Nobody can you hear me? Nobody can hear me, but I cannot hear him. Hang on. Mm. Let me, I hear just push no all one. those buttons, those mute buttons. There I heard him. Uh, say something now. Hey. Hey. There Tell we me go. the seven dirty words. Uh, shit. Fuck, piss, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Yeah. I think I got them out of order. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but, but you got them all. You made a passable, a yeah. passable uh, shot at it. They were all included. So uh, nobody, you can't see this, but uh, Mark has donned a beard. Uh, it's it's and a fakey. And I gotta say, it suits you. Can you it's see a, the beard? It's a fakey. I cannot see. Anything. Yeah, no, he won't. Yeah, he won't be able to, to see it. But it is uh, recorded for posterity. Uh, what is it is? Is there some ways that you can? Because I do have a video link. Is there some way that you can send your video feed back over my uh, yeah, gypsy I, link? I, well, if there is, I'm not willing to explore it at this moment. Also, it might be beyond my wizardry to do. Yeah, so. that might not be the time. That was more a we should look into this one day. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, we will do that. Uh, it looks like there might be. Uh, well, we know who it is. I have <laughs> questions for uh, Peakless also. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, it's our official greeting. Well, you got to speak up. Maybe. You can tell Mark doesn't listen to the show. It's true. Here we are. Progressing right, you. <laughs> fuck off, no Rich. Attention. I feel like we've got some volume things going on here. Let me see. We can uh, go ahead, Major. Major Beard. Aria, 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 there he is. Oh, you are super. Major are you talking Major to the phone, Beard. Major? Are you up on it? Hello? Yeah, okay. Hello. Here. Go ahead. Hey. Beard Talk Live. What's on your mind? I just took, did that help? I think I took it off speaker. <laughs> I don't know, but you Here. sound hammered. All right. <laughs> <laughs> right. There, I took it off speaker. Are you hammered, Major? All right. So, hey, you know what? I'm a very old soul. I don't know if you guys have ever even thought about this. I've been alive so many damn times. And I'm just trying to get it right this time around. This is the time? Right now, this day? This time? Well, I don't know if it's this day, but I hope it's this lifetime. 
So what's I, the secret I, to getting drunk, getting right? Is it staying drunk most of the time? Well. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I self-medicate. <laughs> Certainly you do. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> Did you lose him? I think he's still there. Okay. Yeah, I'm still here. All right. Well, you're I, on a uh, you're on a talk radio program, but your your talking is moving. Major Payne, do you think that uh, when you go through these past lives, do you meet the same people, the same souls over and over again? Like, for instance, is your ex wife, your former sister, your mom at one point? You know these sorts of things. Well, I don't know quite frankly because one thing that I do know about marijuana pot is it impedes on your dreams and i have smoked marijuana pot wow. since i was 12 years old so, i question uh, your use of the i word have impedes. had a lot of clouds in uh my question from heaven for the record marijuana question for the record marijuana hasn't had nearly as much effect in suppressing my dreams as the government has <laughs> And, and my hopes. Well, that that's a fact, but you know, oppression comes in all sorts, and uh, I'm just trying to muddle my way through this shit. My son's going to prison. I'm yeah. going to be oh, dead no. before he gets out. Oh no! And it's all because of fucking methamphetamines. Mm. <sighs> well, that's it's all because of the World fucking War war, war on Drugs, is what it is. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, I take legally prescribed amphetamines, and I'm just fine. Right? Yeah, I was required to take them for school as a child. And yet, oh, here's what it is. You're cutting in on their scam. You see, your oh, son was counterfeiting their lawfully created pharmaceuticals. Yeah, they put my one stepson on Ritalin. Mm. And uh, then... It comes time where my, my son, my actual son, was old enough, and they tried to put him on that crap, too. And I said, no, you ain't. No, no, uh, no. But, uh, I, I, dude, there's there's so much dirty history in my family. My, my ex-wife was a cancer patient, and she was, you know, on uh, welfare and whatnot. So the only money she could get was her medication. She turned my my son into a drug mule, I selling her oxycontins. This yeah. is a terrible story, and I'm really sorry to hear it. It's it's I'm, like I said, I'm just trying to roll through this fucking life and trying to do it better, but it don't seem to fucking help none. I'm sorry. I Major. hear you. Well, here's the thing about trying to do it better. You may not see it like that. That's actually why we have this idea of moral good is because the shit that you do for the moral good is usually not anything you'll ever see. But the fact is, we had so many generations just trying to do better that we ended up being able to doing really well. (laughs) Yeah. And, And they were effective enough at morality that we established enough trust that we could trade and everyone got rich to the point that we basically don't starve anymore well i've always called tried to give you boys a trifecta i'm trying to do that to myself too peace fuck i'm broken well maybe you should uh take some time 
Yeah, I think we've all been there and reflect, you know. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a, a a ritual that the the, uh, the Jewish people do uh, when someone dies. Um, I forget what it's called, but they take uh, just a solid week, and it's just kind of an expected thing. And it's like, okay, someone really close to you died, and I mean, this it's is that shiva. I think. That's it. Yes, sitting shiva, and like you let the let the people know around you. Yeah, I'm gonna sit shiva this week for this. Yeah, and then you let the grief work right that you mourn and that's fair and your son going to prison is a very fair reason to mourn especially oh yeah i mean you know it's it feels so unfair and i you know i know i mean i can only uh i'm only, i'm just grateful it is unfair i'm yeah. grateful for my mom i sent i spent eight and a half years in prison major i don't know if you know i'm grateful for how she came to see me to you know, every two, three times a month uh, mm-hmm. was was pretty. It was about right. Not every single weekend, yeah, but major, you're mumbly. Can't understand it. Anybody you will even write a letter, you are very grateful for it. Well, and th- this is why they put in the Bible uh, a blessing for everyone who visits someone in jail, like. You have done to the very best in humanity what you have done for the person you visit in jail because it is lonely. And that's why it's torture. It's literally yes, it a is, torture yeah. of loneliness. Yeah. I have to now try to mend my uh, my grandson and my son and somehow make my grandson forgive my son for being where he is. No. Making people do things, you know. I have. Uh, a, I, I tell tell them how you feel. On my hands here, boys. Yeah, tell them how you feel, and make sure that they know that you can't make anybody feel a thing. So, you know, don't chase after something that's unattainable. But certainly, let them know how you feel. Uh, yep. Major, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and drop the call for the night. Uh, get yourself some rest, brother, and we'll talk to you the right, next buddy. time. Yep. Peace. Tell your grandson you love him. Tell your son you love him. That's all you can do. And try to be there for them, and um, you know it's it's the best you can do. Try not to be judgmental. Yeah, I uh, I've lost lost some loved ones uh, over the last couple of years, and uh, you know the the healing thing does happen after some time. Yeah, uh, but of course you never really get over it, right? They're a person that used to be in your life, and they're not anymore. And when you like, I even think about people that have been gone for you know decades that I've gotten over, you know, parents that kind of thing. Right, and uh, like. When I think about him, I still feel it, right? You know, it never really goes away. You know, it just kind of hangs out there for you to think about. Go, oh, yeah, that's right. I was sad about that. You know, and then you forget about it again and move on with your life. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it, you know, seeing your kid go to prison is yeah, I can't. next to seeing, you know, having them have to attend their funeral. It's it's terrible. That's why I honestly suggest you sit Shiva. I think, I think you're right. I think it's a, a good way to. The to only way out it. is through. That's yep. all I can tell you, man. I have to mention 603. I just wanted to mention 603-283-6160, the same number as Free Talk Live we're using here on Beard Talk Live if you want to call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. Go ahead, nobody. Which reminds me, how did the trial go today? Isn't it like Saturday or, or something? It's Saturday. There, it is Saturday. There was no right. trial today. How did so it go yesterday? It, it, I didn't go yesterday. Um, as I understood it, uh, Renee 
um, was hit the stand. That's Ian's ex uh, was on the stand and Ian's lawyer, um, you know, said that she did pretty good. Nice. Um, I asked Ian to rate her testimony on a scale of one to 10 for 10 being good for him, one being bad for him. And yeah. he rated it a 7.5. Okay. That's positive news. Bonnie, who is uh, Ian's wife, uh, who is very worried for Ian's well-being. Um, and you can imagine she is a, I think it's fair to say, a nervous wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, she felt that the testimony was less uh, less helpful. She gave her a five on a scale of one to ten, but certainly could have been worse. Also, the uh, guy that faked being a drug dealer, mm. it's an IRS agent. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was on the stand, and apparently, according to Ian, at least, he uh, Sisti just beat the hell out of him. Nice. Uh, got him to admit that uh, Ian never told him that it was okay for him to use the uh, the, the Bitcoin vending, vending machine, right. machine yeah. to you know make purchases um, or whatever. Good. And just you know, basically, Sisti shot down the money laundering charge, which I just don't think is going to fly. Nice. I'm really delighted they dropped the wire fraud charges because those were the ones that i was worried about the most the um money transmitter ones are you know interesting could go either way i've heard uh, legal opinions in different directions right Um, so it it seems to me that they didn't change uh their their plan after dropping the wire fraud charges because like yeah the the testimony is all about wire fraud yeah exactly in the opening it's like oh they were arm in arm with all these scammers and we're gonna bring in all these people who've been scammed it's like yeah it's money it can be used for evil you know what else is used in scams all the time the dollar u.s dollars (laughs) like most of the scams all the kinds of money i need to get an explanation from them of why the fuck didn't they drop those charges against me well, but you didn't take it to trial. <laughs> right, right, right. That's why. That's that's the short answer, well, really. their job is supposed to be to get justice, no. not <laughs> to convict innocent people. Agreed. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. Do. <laughs> yeah. But what's, hey, but it's not what they're supposed to do. Oh, that's much oh, better. That's way better, man. Oh, thank you for adjusting your headset, because now we can hear you. Yeah, I, I realized that I had knocked the microphone part up, so it was... Uh, Oh, a couple okay. inches away from my from my mouth. Oh, you sound significantly better now. Thank you. Indeed. Good. Where so were we? <laughs> I have some questions about uh, medieval fair life. I happen right. to know that uh, you, Peakless, um, at one point, I don't know what the term is, but were the, uh, you know, the... Rennie. The term is, I was a Rennie. A Rennie. So, uh, to be most specific, a road Rennie. So okay. kind of like, so like a deadhead? Except for renters? So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, with the exception of, um, uh, like, there is a, a um, Shakedown Street, uh, where sort of their bazaar, their market is, but outside of that... They call it Shakedown Street? I thought so, yeah. Do you know where that term comes from? Uh, there's nothing shaking in Shakedown Street? Yeah, that's what they call it at Grateful Dead shows. Yes, that's, that's what we're, what talking, we're about. talking about. Yeah. So now, uh, you would actually oh, know I on this one, I thought you were saying Renaissance fairs. So that's actually the comparison we're, or the comparison contrast we're trying to make. So as I understand it, uh, the the bazaar is really the only work that gets done in uh, in the Deadhead shows. And although that is definitely a, a huge part of the actual fair is all of the shops of like, ooh, handmade. I didn't know that was a thing. Right. Uh, there's also a bunch of independent shows. So like all of the people that are going from show to show, like 100% of them work. 
at the on, on the shakedown street no on uh on, at the uh, so uh, and that's what i think is probably different from uh from a deadhead uh is like they follow them around and if you do it for oh. a while you probably have to either have a trust fund or figure out how to make a living but like from what i understand a lot of them just do it for raw entertainment rather than for work so well, i mean there everybody has has what they call a trip or a uh or a uh, something they do when when they're on the road, or you fall off the tour. Right. You know, you can't just keep going. And what's I mean, I'm sure there are some kids with uh, trust funds, but not many. And and there was definitely uh, uh, some crossover between Deadheads and Rennies. I don't think he's finished his question. Oh no, I haven't even started with my questions. So, um, no, how no. long were you uh, d- doing the Ren Fair tur- circuit? Uh, better part of, ha- of uh, half a decade. That's pretty impressive. Okay. So what did you do there? What were you? Oh, just about everything. Uh, my first- You looked like a big barbarian. Did you have like a loincloth and uh, a, an So axe? I actually went the, uh, I went the Scotsman route, as a matter of fact. Okay. So yeah, my, um, uh, my first one was uh, behind the scenes. So uh, no garb required, and that is the term. Um, uh, doing turkey legs. Which was just absolutely fantastic for me. Smoking because I fucking love turkey legs. Yeah, <laughs> like me too. some people are kind of put off by like tearing meat off of bone. I I know it doesn't cliche, bother you, but like <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's great. It's, it's meat on a stick, but I it's mean, naturally occurring, right? right? So it's like it's like nature's corn dog. <laughs> I think I can do with one turkey leg a year, but I don't like the tendons that are in them. Uh, just you know, prefer not to mess with that. I like chicken legs I just fine. Smoked anything. Like that's just sure. how you do it, and Indeed. it's the best. So if you can get a smoked turkey leg, uh, to me that's top notch. Yeah. So you did a variety of things, including oh, yeah. dressing up as a spot Scotsman with oh, a yeah. Claymore. Oh yeah, that one was great. I, I learned about uh, the New Yorker sense of uh, of um, tonic. <clears throat> pardon of tone. Uh-huh. So uh, this uh, at one point uh, I had been uh, I got given this enormous great kilt, which is of huge expense. And at the same time, like she still talked to me like she was pissed. Apparently that's just New Yorker for you. <laughs> do you know how they invented copper wire? I do uh, not. They put a penny between two Scotsmen. Exactly. <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> so um, Scotsman being cheap. I, You'd said, and I wanted to make sure that I uh, set this up, and I didn't quite—I didn't get an answer from you. I wanted to get the answer uh, here on the air. You said that Rennies um, travel, but they—what is it? It said they're the only travelers that don't travel in groups or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that's one of the most fascinating things about this. Uh, I mean, from I guess an anthropological perspective. So. Every other kind of traveling people, uh, Romani, uh, the travelers in Great Britain, all of them, they basically work like towns. Like they're, they're these little towns and they all sort of caravan. Great, Grateful Dead. Right. 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 Car- grateful Carnies. Dead. dead don't caravan. Yeah, Carnies. Oh, Dead don't caravan. No, I mean, I, there, there will frequently be several in a car, but it's not necessarily a caravan. Mm. There might be small caravans within it, but but it's not a... It's not as a single group. Uh, deadheads are kind of like cats. Mm. The better to slip through. Yeah. All right. So, uh, whereas Renaissance Festival, uh, so the thing is, there's multiple Renaissance circuits, and you know, running all across the. So there's mostly a West Coast and an East Coast circuit, but all year long there's Texas doesn't get any. 
No um, one goes to Oklahoma Ren Fairs. So the biggest, the biggest <laughs> Ren Fair in the country is in Texas. Okay, all right. Um, and it runs sort of uh, concurrent with uh, my favorite, not that one, which is kind of sad. Uh, <laughs> best firework show I've ever seen in my life. Like, oh my god, this... at a Ren Fair. Oh yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, the, uh, uh, shout out to Alan Hutton. He's amazing. He teaches like classical swordsmanship, uh, including to kids, which is just wonderful. Um, and he does pyrotechnics. Uh, which I he guess knows he knows how to live. Yeah, right? <laughs> that, you know, sounds like a good full life. Not a fireworks guy, but man, that is quite a show. So when, uh, well, okay, so let me ask the question. Um, now, I'm from Sarasota. The Sarasota Medieval Festival mm. is uh, widely known as like the longest running Ren Fair that uses the word medieval in it mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. And... Um, I've gone to this thing since I was in high school and, you know, it's been around for a long time. It's, it's the SMF. <laughs> really? Something the Sarasota like, Medieval Festival? Yeah, something like There's that. There's a mm-hmm. Twisted Sister has a song called SMF. Oh, I'm not familiar. The reason it's called SMF is because it's it's actually sick motherfucker. <laughs> but it's, I think it's funny that the Sarasota Medieval Festival shares an acronym. Or Medieval Fair. Medieval Fair, maybe. Medieval, anyway. Yeah, SMF. Um, it's still the same. So let's say, you know, you and I are working this We're uh, you know, or, or we go there and we decide you were going to be Rennies mm-hmm. and uh, we, you know, we'll, we, we got our swords, we've got our kilts and we're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, how does one do it? Like the, the, they're packing up the festival. You're like, I'm not, le-, you just say, I'm not leaving. I'm going with you guys. <laughs> I'm going to the next Ren Fair. And then how's, how's it work? What, what, how, how do you get started? How do you travel with these people? You get started whatever way you do. I mean, uh, you just work out a business with them. I mean, there's people. They need someone for the next show. Uh, they can do it themselves, but they'd rather you know hire someone. That, that, there's bound to be a handful of people that are in that scenario at pretty much any given time. I mean... It's surprisingly resistant against uh, uh, against uh, depressions and recessions uh, because people always need distractions. Uh, people always need circuses. It's always it fun. Yeah, yeah. It, that's what it is. It is a circus. Yeah. It really is. It's a it's a form of traveling entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose there's some animals involved somewhere. Somebody's probably dragging around a donkey or something. Yeah. Uh, but and now there is an obligate caravan uh, uh, entertainer because you have to travel as a group in order to get like all of the animals and the rings and all of that. Okay. And um, so is it? Are the next festivals close to each other? I mean, how does it? Oh, you can go all over the place. I, I once uh, drove from uh, Pennsylvania to Texas in one shot. How do you find out where the next festival is? Do you just make a decision? You say oh, yeah. there's a list, and you're like, oh, "Well, plan these things." There's going to be yeah, three of advance. them. Um, three of them running the same weekend. I want to go to the Texas. Yeah, one. like uh, there there was a list. Uh, I ended up uh, getting a couple of editions for that. You know, every now and again, there's someone probably, will just uh, yeah, yeah. There's probably take a, what they know and put it into uh, into like a newsletter sort of a thing. Right. I was going to say there's got to yeah, be a periodical that says like when I ran with the carnival, there were these magazines you could go you had to go to the right bookstore or apothecary to, to get one of these but it was a magazine that will tell you where what carnivals are at any given time throughout the entire season and so there has to be a periodical for rennies right they book the much like concerts they book these yeah. in advance they promote them they do flyers I mean, and these advertising. days you can look on wikipedia for fuck's sake so right. uh sure. but mostly it was just you talk to people and i mean what are you going to talk about hey what are you up to next you know and what is um 
uh, so I mean, you've got anything from the guy who sells pickles, right? Mm-hmm. He just travels on his own. Oh, ma- that motherfucker could sell like you would not believe. <laughs> More tips than anybody. Absolutely legendary. And th- up to so there's a one guy. You know, he could pack this stuff up on his uh, motorcycle with a little trailer and mm-hmm. travel across the country right. to people who, like, I would imagine the human chess uh, show or whatever mm-hmm. event or whatever that. You've got to go like these people have to go together because they have their little strips. I mean, I've seen them fight. I know it's choreographed. You can't just do this. Right. You, these people are using real weapons or something mm-hmm. dark, something metal. How's that? Weapons made of real metal mm-hmm. and metal. They're swinging <laughs> them at each other. You can't just fake this. You no. have to spend some time on getting it right. Now these people probably so travel time. in a bus. Oh yeah, so uh, the the ones that would do the swords, uh, that's mostly the the jousters, and uh, they had a serious ego problem most of the time. Yeah. Although there were some very notable exceptions to that that like bucked the trend of it, because you know they're they're kind of along with turkey legs, something that people straight up go there to see. Sure. And like if you don't have those two elements, there's going to be some people disappointed. There were no jousters at the medieval fair this year. Now if. There were no fire jugglers. I'd be pissed. There were definitely fire jugglers. <laughs> but um, I thought that was interesting. Is I didn't. There was no jousting um, at this one, and that's really common. Now the jousting can be either actual guys, common you know, in the sense of underling and lame, <laughs> right? Um, that are you know putting lances and hitting each other with these lances. I've seen it. To people, you know, poking lances through circles and doing a variety of uh, things just to show skill. And that's great. Right. It's not as exciting. But so this could go in, in, in either direction. I mean, uh, oh, the uh, mock combat, I think, is an absolutely essential part. Uh, along with turkey legs, it's seriously the two most mentioned things about what people expect when they go. So and now personally, I think that the uh, so the, the New Hampshire show has no alcohol in it. And I think that is an absolute travesty. What? I know. So here's the thing. One of the greatest things about these shows is you drink, you have you have fun, you have some weird food, watch some funny shows, and you buy shit that you wouldn't ordinarily buy. Right. Yeah. Like, frequently things that you have the good sense not to buy. But then you look at it and you're like, yeah, that was kind of awesome. Yeah, I'm with glad a, with I did a little get imagination, that. you feel like you were just in a period piece. Yeah. Yep. I mean, where else do you drink mead? Although right. that is really common in New Hampshire for some reason. Yeah, they got a lot of mead in New Hampshire. And it's very nice to have a mead and, uh, you know, say a craft beer or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I So generally, I mean, is the, the one Ren Fair that you're at, mm-hmm. does it split up and then go to other yes. Ren Fairs? Yes. Some people stay home. Some people are like, I just do this one Ren Fair every year. Mm-hmm. And then other people go, and they just goes. It just goes poof like a dandelion. Yeah. So there's uh, there's definitely locals. Uh, ordinarily, all of the uh, performers that are working for the shows as actors tend to be locals. Whereas the people ordinarily that ha- the performers, yes, that work for the shows. So the king, the prince, the knight, the you know okay. whatever, all that, right? So uh, whereas all and of the, the reason for that is is that way the uh, you know the well connected in the community can pay extra money for VIP treatment mm-hmm. and they can be called a king or a prince or whatever of the event. Yeah, works great. Yep, got it. Uh, also, it lets you like hire local acting troops that want to get. It's, right. it's a whole thing. And it, aren't there but, like reenactors too? They do like the the uh, the jousting true. and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, kind of a different thing, but yes. Okay. Uh, uh, another crossover is the um, uh, Society for Creative and uh, Reenactment that does a lot of that yeah. yeah um that's did you know that david friedman 
uh, Milton Friedman's son mm-hmm. and Patry Friedman's dad uh, is part of that. He's uh, been long uh, doing this reenactment stuff. I had no huh. idea. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that is awesome. I mean, the guy's so thoroughly into it that he makes medieval meals at these things. He's mm, looked nice. it up. You know, like how what did, what did they make? How yeah. did they make it? And how realistic can I get? And he just. Fantastic. He's just into it, and yeah. you know, I think he's just a fascinating guy. I, well, he is a bona fide expert in history, so yeah. I'm not I, surprised he knows how they uh, how they ate. I like Patry, but I gotta say, his dad is just fascinating to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I just I, I could just sit there and listen to David Friedman all day. Mm. So the the Ren Fair basically it disappears and then turns into you know like three others, and they all go in different locations and popping off. How many Ren Fairs generally? When, what's Ren Fair season? Is there an off season, on uh, season? There, so there is technically no off season, yep. but winter is only in Florida and California. Okay. So and they, they just have them go. So the whole thing is you you chase the spring. The entire thing is chasing the spring. Okay. That's when people are, are, are most likely to be out in the best mood. So Colorado, very cold place. So you have to have it in the, in the summer. Mm. And uh, if you wanted to do Colorado, then you couldn't catch all of Minnesota. Again, dead center of uh, of the warm time. Yeah. And uh, whereas like February, Arizona. Right? Yeah, Arizona, Florida. Yeah, those kind of things. So did you ever go up to Canada? Nope. 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 It always, always in the U.S. Yep. I presume there are Ren Fairs in Canada. They're just <sighs> populated by Canadians. I mean, I would <laughs> guess, but I really don't know. Um, I did find out that uh, the uh, the equivalent in uh, in Europe, which, man, they would have such great Ren fairs because they still have the buildings, but their equivalent is Wild West shows. <laughs> That's glorious. Yep. <laughs> I want some pictures of the Indians. Who has the guts to do that in America? <laughs> okay, so um, and how many Ren fairs go- are going off generally? And uh, one, pretty much two all the time, except for the winter. Well, two in I mean, in, in the United States. In, yeah, yeah uh, not including like uh, like I said, California and Florida. At, and now, mind you, this is all in the before four times. God only knows what survived the propagandemic. Yeah. Uh, well, I imagine they're trying to ramp ramp up. But so you're just saying there's one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast every weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then why don't all the my just my question here is why don't 66 percent of the Ren Faire people in um, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania go to the next Ren Fair that's in uh, Charlotte, West Virginia. There's only so many spots. So how how many spots are there? Depends on the size of the geographical so place. Do they, they have take the time fair. off? Uh, some do. I mean, there's a lot of crafts, and you can only do so many crafts uh, when you're only working five days of the week. Uh, although a lot of people, that's just what they do for winter. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's whatever you have set up. So if you have called ahead on this, you might need to call a year in advance and get this, uh, this site. Otherwise it's going to fill up. A lot of people just like sell swords or something like that. And those are the kind of things that you're just buying those from China. You know I mean? They're not selling. Oh, we hate that. They're not selling a hundred dollar sword. You get such a bad reputation. Like if you were even a show that does that cheap, uh, cheap imported crap, we hate that. Although, uh, they frequently make an exception for uh, the, um, uh, oh, the the little, like, coin skirt uh, belly dancer outfits. Okay. Because those are unbelievably difficult to make. <laughs> so, like, actual okay. legitimately handmade ones are, are expensive. Well, wait one second now. 
when it comes to swords, uh, Rich, I'm, I'm not trying to cut you out here. You can ask any questions you want. Nobody. Uh, yeah, that that's okay. I've been uh, I've been keeping myself muted a lot because I'm coughing up a storm here. Oh, I'm sorry to hear you're ill. So, um, when it comes to swords, there is no sword like a, a knife. A handmade knife in America mm-hmm. is a hundred dollars minimum. There's no, no, you know, no. you know, nothing. You just can't make a knife uh, by hand in the United States for less than a hundred dollars. And if that's the case, you can't make a sword for less than a thousand. So I can't imagine mm. that they're selling legitimate economy, swords uh, from made in the U.S. for much for, for anything that's competitive i think that one might be a, an economy of scale thing where like okay it, it takes x amount of uh, of time and effort to create the blade of a knife but to have a larger knife blade i mean uh, it's going to take more time but and materials obviously but how much more eh. so well, i saw one legit sword purveyor mm-hmm. and then i saw a lot of cheap chinese crap now that doesn't mean that my that i know I everything about fun. rin fairs um no but you're versed on uh cutlery yeah i understand swords yep. and i like them and i'm in, in, interested in them and but i also have a you know if you like the chinese ones you're a customer for somebody who's going to make a better knife so i mean uh, you got to have these entry level things for people sure. mm-hmm. you know the the person who's willing to spend fifty dollars on you know a crap sword one day is willing to spend you know 250 on a better version and then 500 and then a thousand and these sorts sure, of things yeah, if you well, become right. a fan of the thing and you know get into it and study it so, you know that's certainly how things progress you usually start out with an entry level thing and progress up to the higher quality stuff but if you're going to start uh you know putting your garb together to be a platron like yeah you may, may very well order a sword online Platron. that is crap yeah it's fun oh, isn't it yeah, yeah. oh it's our, our, our and it's uh, it it was there when i got there that particular uh uh neologism so uh this was what happened in our family so jack and i were gonna go and he's got a knight outfit i've got the king outfit i've got the kilt uh that goes with the king outfit i've got the albion sword and the whole shebang and you know i'm dressing up if i'm going to this thing you're darn right and jack's like hell hell yeah he's in right and his um (laughs) you know he you know the whole family went and and did a little dressing up and it was uh pretty cool so um why not and you know they they have fun with you you have fun with them it's it's a it's a fine time and by the way the guy with the nice sword uh hut that mm-hmm. you know had the good swords right he recognized my sword without me pulling out of the sheath as an albion and i have no idea how he did it and like he clearly he knows yeah. what he's talking about it, that's his business yeah and he does it well obviously yeah so yeah. yeah it was a lot of fun and that sort of thing so you'd say that generally there's only one ren fair per week um, oh, there's no. I, I'm saying like coast? outside of uh, I. I flat out don't know the the uh, California and Florida schedule. From what I understand, they're all the time. But other than that, there were pretty much always two of them going on, except in winter. Because nowhere is spring and winter except for Florida and California. I went sure. to a Ren it's probably Fair too hot to do it during the full on summer somewhere mm-hmm. near the Minneapolis St. Paul area. Within probably half hour, hour drive, wherever that was. And I remember it being advertised on the rock radio station. 
and it seemed to be an annual thing, mm-hmm. and I didn't hear of another one, at least not for the Minneapolis area all year round. All year round. So that's my experience. There was there was also one right, in yeah, the Seattle area that would come around once a year, you know, and and that would be it. Yeah, anywhere from like uh, two weeks to two months. Yeah, they were run for two months. Uh, the one in Colorado would uh, would run for two months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I think the one in uh, the Minneapolis area ran for two weeks as well, and I think the Seattle one was two weeks as well. The one in, in Sarasota ran for four weeks, uh, but, you know, then again, it's, yeah. what was it? I guess it was uh, uh, November, um, so <laughs> I November, went every December. single week for one uh, one year. I was into that. Yeah, and that was before you joined up? or? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd, uh, so how'd you get joined up? Oh, he showed up one day and they were like, you can't leave. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here's a Viking helmet. <laughs> um, so I was like sitting outside the uh, office, like waiting for someone to to see about getting a job at the Renaissance Festival. Because do I know about the, this? The office of the Renaissance Festival? Yeah, because uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's technically what's referred to as a syndicate. Okay. Because it's a bunch of different corporations all working together on one thing. Okay. So one of those corporations is whoever runs that particular show. And there's like a couple of big show owners that own a bunch of them and then uh, a bunch of little ones. And this was one of the big shows. And is it owners. usually put on by locals, the show, and then uh, the travelers come yeah, for, the most for part. it? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, obviously. That's yeah. It sounds like it's going to be fun. Yeah. Go ahead. So you you went outside. You were waiting outside the trailer. You're just like, I love this, and I'm going to find out more. Yeah, I'm uh, just sitting there reading. I forget what. Uh, kind of said hi to a guy. Uh, then he like uh, ended up coming back. I didn't even recognize him from the first time, and like uh, brought me in to like talk to me about uh, this and that. And one thing I remember that was very distinct. He asked me flat out, just looked me dead in the eye, and said, "Can I trust you?" And I loved that. Yeah. It's like, you know, that is the shit that everyone wants to know, isn't it? But trust me to do what? (laughs) I think it's really a better question. Mm. You know, there's some things you can trust me to do and that job will get done. There's other things you simply cannot trust me to do. Yeah. If you're if you're up to no good, I'm not your guy. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna huckster the uh, the, the people there. I'll oh, yeah. pretend to be some kind of barbarian, <laughs> but I won't. I can't let my hair grow long. It it bothers the <laughs> heck out of me. So I'm not gonna be very convincing. Put on a wig. Um, actually, uh, most people kept their hair short. Okay. Uh, and that was one of the things that like Vikings even did, except for when they mention it. <laughs> like mm. it, yeah, everyone basically kept their hair very short. Um. Because you could pull on it in the fight. Yeah. 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 Especially if you were going to be like a knight. I mean, that is, uh, it's a straight up uh, uh, soldiering thing that you don't want that tiny little disadvantage. Now, sure. Why would you? Women, on the other hand, would grow their hair long for exactly the same reason. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine they'd be able to do much styling. So length is just the thing to do, right? Yeah. It, it tends to be like a, a warrior versus soldier kind of thing. What do you mean, warrior versus soldier? Uh, so, like, if With you have, women's hair? if you have uh, the, <laughs> uh, so like the older school of uh, of warrioring, uh, the where it's sort of still connected to the hunter and the uh, animistic culture and shamanism and all that sort of thing. Like, they tend to have longer hair. Okay, and uh, I I guess that's kind of their way of connecting. And whereas, if you are a soldier, one of the things is like you all kind of need to fit in a pack. So it's it's part of the uniform to not have hair. 
Like, you don't want to have this guy look different from this guy looking different from this guy and have this whole thing. It's like, Mm. no, no, no. Shorn, all of you. Plus, it gives you the advantage of not having something to grab in battle. And and also, if you're... It makes it easier to be a sheep if you're shorn. (laughs) Another thing that's worth mentioning is is that uh, the biggest killer of soldiers until World War I was disease. And, um, you know, if you've got long hair... Well, you know, lice and the kind of pestilence that goes around camps is much more likely than if you've got short hair. So, you know, that's the reason for short There is something to be said for reduced surface area. I'm just wondering what would happen if we did an episode of Beard Talk Live at a Ren Fair. Because that's an awful lot of beard. That is an awful lot of beard. You know, just... All right. Not the New Hampshire one, though. It's lame. Oh, Really? We're going to go to state? I told you, man, no drinking. It's absolutely... I'm sorry, you can't have a proper show with no drinking. Like, you're not even allowed to just, like, you know, drink and then come in. Come on, guys. But, I mean, out of state is... uh, I mean, it's Massachusetts. So let's talk about beards for a minute. Because mm. I've got some questions. Okay. I recently the record, tried. I actually like that one on you, although it does obscure the butt chin. <laughs> right. And that's one of the things I thought about is I've got the, you know, a the, mild butt chin. Not the a cleft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just the, the cleft, uh, the small cleft in the in the middle. And Behold you, my Superman. You know, do I want to give up the cleft? And, uh, you know, women, have, women sometimes they'll touch it. Which yep. is, you know, it feels good. Anytime guy, some guy, you know, so anytime you get attention from any woman is, is nice. He likes it when a woman touches it. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so Who doesn't? I, so I think probably your best bet then is to grow it like a lacy bra, as it were, to accentuate the, the curves of your cleft. Well, sadly, I can only grow a beard um, in the Van Dyke area. And so, I mean, so I recently tried to do a mustache. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying like if you if you had like a, a half inch there, I think. It was Is just that in essential. Illinois? What's in Illinois? The Van Dyke area. <laughs> That's clever. <laughs> so um, I I recently tried to do a mustache. I wanted to pull out the, pull off the handlebar one. And I just I just like the way those things look. Yeah. <laughs> but I cannot get past the first two weeks. Oh. It drives me bananas. <laughs> you, you only have like another week to go at that point until it. That's what everybody says. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I mean, you're like almost like right when right it's now you you've nuts. got the the length on your upper lip. You've yeah. got the uh, the length that I had on my upper lip, and like I just I couldn't stop my mouth from trying to touch the hair and <laughs> yeah. you know like my fingers would go after it and i, I it just itchy. Yeah. god i don't know itchy it's just like it, it's a new mental illness that i don't i've got a collection of pet peeves i don't need a new one <laughs> i got a little peeve zoo in the back so i i i guess you guys aren't going to tell me some secret to growing hair no, then. just it, it's really just laziness. Stop touching. You just have yeah. to be lazy enough to let it go even further when it gets to the point where it's driving you nuts. Yeah. And then and then it stops driving you nuts somehow. Like nature just sort of takes over and kicks in and is like, oh, you're good now. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe that phenomenon to you. Like if you just let it go long enough, eventually nature's just like, okay, you're adjusted now. So in the song. I mean, you, you can increase the speed at which it grows. So it's a shorter period of time by just like give it a little touch. Not too much. I have I well pretty much have a sauna wherever I've lived, and that sauna helps with growth too. It mm-hmm. opens up the pores and nice. and these sorts yeah. of things. So uh, that's my Better blood flow. Yeah, that's my plan there. You were mentioning the song. The uh... yeah, the song addresses <laughs> uh, grandma telling you to shave. <laughs> Shut up, grandma. Grow beard. Grow beard. <laughs> <laughs> Knocks the phone out of his pals. It's hands. very clever, um, but. 
this is also another problem I have with facial hair is is that my mother uh. just doesn't like it. Uh. And it, are you a mama's boy? You're like, uh, you know, I, I go there often. Are, I won't judge you. But I go there often enough. And she's got something to say if I've got a beard or any kind of facial hair, you yeah. know. So I often will grow this little, uh, I call it the CD Vegas punk uh, beard. It's uh, just a little strip at the bottom of the chin. Of the chin. Yep. And, uh, you know, I usually don't get it, let it get long enough to even really think about, but nope. just a little something there. And, but now it's all gray and yeah. I, you know, I don't even know why I've got it. <laughs> so like, I mean, for me, it's just literally, it's easier for me to have a beard than to not. Okay. Uh, it's less maintenance for me. Uh, I, I have an unusual rate of hair growth on my face. I get a five o'clock shadow around noon, maybe one o'clock. So if I shave at, you know, seven in the morning or whatever, like, I you know, it doesn't even look like I've fully shaved when I'm fully shaved. So like for me, it was just, uh, OK, well, I want to shave less. How can I do that? Oh, I'll grow a goatee and sideburns so that now I've cut my shaving time in half. And we've covered this in previous editions of Beard Talk Live. But it is Beard Talk Live. But it is Beard Talk Live. So we'll continue to talk about beards, of course. In fact, all. I have a beard story. Ooh. Well, before you go on with your beard story, yeah. I want to get in. Uh, I want to talk about this sure. uh, yeah. the shaving thing. So I can. Uh, Rich is, is probably my best example here of the lazy man's beard. Nobody. Nobody. Yes. The, the, mm-hmm. I, I don't like the name nobody, and he doesn't, and he has given okay. me dispensation mm-hmm. to use the name Rich. Okay. Uh, because uh, everybody has that d- dispensation. Nobody is the character, but Rich is the actor, and we both exist. Thank you. Ah. So my my contention is is that the name nobody is not a disambiguation, therefore not a name. Okay. And uh, although on. he has legally changed his name to nobody, I and I actually prefer to say Rich Paul because you, you then can call, him, call him Rich whatever you want. Yeah, that's uh, the mm-hmm. way I go. So Rich what has about a, he has nobody a formerly beard. known as Rich Paul. Yeah, he has that's an epic fully beard. disambiguated. <laughs> I think that the uh, most clever was always Pope Indigent the first, but nonetheless, <laughs> he is a clever man. I I liked that one too. Uh, as the current pope, I give you full dispensation <laughs> to refer to him as Pope Indigent the First. And what was uh, what's your <laughs> he title? Is, after all, Pope Emeritus. And it, uh, you are. Uh, hang on. You know, I had it in my head, and then it just left. Well, no, your beard gone. and Rich Rich's beard both fit into the lazy man's beard mm. category. This is the full-on... that was it. What is it? Hereticus. Hereticus, it's clever. Mm. Um, this is the full-on laziest thing you can do, which is just let all the hair... It just stop shaving. ...on period. your face grow. Yeah. Now, when in my opinion, when Rich uh, had his hair shaped, uh, I think it was uh, not the last pork fest, but the pork fest before or something like that. He looked like a Civil War general, and I just thought it was the the best look, and I'm really into it. But nonetheless, um, otherwise, you know, this is the sort of shaggy hobo beard, right? And yeah, I mean, if I could find somebody who would do that regularly, I would do that regularly. The, uh, you know, I. Uh, I, I don't know. I I need I need supervision and I don't have But it was uh, good for a month, I'd say. My wife died. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm sorry to that. Yeah. Um you, the, it looked good for a month uh, the the trim and yeah, yeah. so you can go a ways on it. Anyway, going on, the second laziest thing to do is to shave your whole face. Is my contention. Because then you're not trying to make a shape, you're not spending any time, you're not looking and, you know, poking and right. stretching and finding that last little bit and that kind of thing. And then so every the- be- beard after that is much, it, it like goes from some work to 
ridiculous work. Like those, uh, like sometimes guys will have this, just this, this little pin stripe of a beard that goes up like and around. All, yeah. Well, whatever you like or dislike, yeah. it is a lot of work. And so, I mean. Or if you've got a combination of that with the like waxed uh, uh, mustachios. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's a perfect mirror of every single punk that I've ever seen grow old, and not all of them do. They always either end up with this haircut or dreadlocks for exactly that reason, because they are just the lowest maintenance thing possible. For those of you listening, he pointed to my bald shaven head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Which is the same thing that you're describing with uh, just shaving it is well, the easiest thing. I'll point out I was a punk in high school, and uh, you know I just do the standard businessman haircut because I got sick and tired of getting... Uh, you know, pointed at and and marginalized or whatever over the clothes I was wearing yeah. and the the haircut I chose and those sorts of things, and to me it's artificial um, prejudice, right? Like mm. I don't need it, and uh, you know I don't need to fight for hair rights or anything like that. So I'm just going to go ahead and cut my hair the way that people want to see my see haircut, and I'm going to go about life that way, and it's really worked for me. Mm. I'm an ex convict. And the worst kind of ex-convict, and I managed to stay gainfully employed all the time and be relatively successful yeah. financially and grow my radio show to the point that it's... Uh, Beard life is not for everyone. And, <laughs> and, and in fact, I don't even know that uh, until we came up with Beard Talk Live, you know, Peakless and I had talked about doing something some sort of maybe yeah. resurrect the kick-ass podcast or do something of our own and we tried and failed a couple of times and we agreed to do some things and then we didn't you know neither of us did them and that kind of a thing and then uh, nobody popped into the picture he's always got ideas and uh just one night it so happened that the three of us were on free talk live right and there was she talk live so beard talk live was a natural outcropping right. Right. right and so like that that was actually like the pilot episode of beard talk live <laughs> was that one day when it was peakless nobody and myself uh here in the yes. studio for free talk live you look like the founders of beard talk live yeah and so like i don't know that so even if I, ian's on it i mean he's not like he's got the beard that you guys have <laughs> right yeah uh, I, but he can't grow I, one he can't i just grow wanted one. to leave my options open and i did it for long enough that it became the the thing that i did but I think, like, it's mere coincidence that the three of us, like, I don't think any one of us really judges anybody else because they do or don't have a beard, right? We're not like, no. that guy sucks, he doesn't have a beard, or like, ha ha, look at him, you know, It does make shaven. me a little sad, to be honest. You know? Like, well, no, I, I, but we're not I out, can't like, grow so, one. So here's, well, here's yeah. my issue with it, honestly. I like gender. I think it's a good idea. And yo, do your variations and do, like, a traditional swap. If you want to be a stay-at-home dad, great. But, like, I think that that exists for a reason, and I, I think that it is a subtle removal of a valuable thing to have all men be expected to have the same facial hair as women and children. I'm, I would contend that is the plumage for uh, this particular primate. Um, but what I would say about it is it just goes in trends. So I like to look at presidents as a way. So people will vote for presidents as the most conservative thing that's going at a given time. Um, so we started out with powdered wigs. You got several guys with powdered wigs until a guy without powdered wig just didn't have it anymore. And then you got a, uh, and the, but they're all clean shaven. So then you got clean shaven until 
Abe Lincoln, which the story is some little girl told him to that he would look better with a uh, beard, so he grew a beard. Okay. And then Abe Lincoln and the Civil War generals and these kind of things. So you have a whole generation or so of uh, you know presidents that are you know what what bigoted? What is the term to have a, have a beard? Beardo. Okay. <laughs> Bunch <laughs> of beardos. Bearded. You any you even went through the great uh, General Iron or uh, gen, was it, uh, General Burnsides? Burnsides. There was yeah. A, not it was side the, that was actually what it was named for. Ooh. General Burnside had the most epic sideburns. I see. And that, that he was actually what they were named after. So then there was, um, and then they go to mustaches. So you know, mustaches went from big ones on like Grover Cleveland to you know the the little little gay one on uh, Woodrow Wilson, and you know these sorts of things. Yeah. I forget he had a mustache. Yeah, it's a very small one. What wasn't much to it. All right. And but I mean Teddy Roosevelt's mm-hmm. uh, quite good. Um, nothing that Franklin Delano Roosevelt did was good, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, you know, then facial hair gone. Like there's not another there's not another whisker of facial hair after maybe Teddy Roosevelt or something. I don't know. I mean, I what, haven't uh, what made World it onto War? the Mount Rushmore, and then progressivism took hold. <laughs> so World War One, basically. Yeah, about out. that yeah. time frame, and we haven't seen them yet. Now. We can definitely see that beard fashion has come back. Yeah, I would say that it has. And in but, fact, uh, some people will make fun of people. Uh, there's a, I'm trying to remember the term uh, for uh, hipsters. Okay. Right? And hipsters supposedly always had beards. And but hipsters like, are gone. You know, like there's no, no hipsters they? left. Uh, are they though? Like, I don't know. What happened? Uh, so, I mean, uh, hipsters are still around. I mean, these days they have gauged ears in addition to their waxed mustaches. But, you know, um, do the things you're going to do so they're not permanent. <laughs> but uh, um, so I, I do look at uh, having the beard as sort of. Uh, you know, a punk rock thing, right? It's sort of a anti-conformity statement as well, right? Uh, you don't normally see, uh, you know, f- bureaucrats, right? You know, trying to like get themselves elected with a shaved head and a giant fucking goatee, right? You just don't see that, right? It is, you know, the look of, uh, you know, a rebellious person, if you will. And and I do keep that for that reason, because I still am at heart a punk a metal head, right? And I was always like, I had long hair as a kid, and like, I got so much shit for having a long punk hair. Or a metal head, because it's not the same thing. <laughs> uh, well, so I was punk rock for a bit, but I was a metal head after that. So, like, I came through punk rock. It's all loud, and deafening. I was a yeah, skater first. Well, so. What I would say is, is I would agree with you that there probably won't be the bald head and the uh, the goatee, the long goatee, but like. I would v- would have no problem voting for a guy who had Rich's haircut when he had the Civil War general. Like the jacket me, on, right? Yeah. You know, that's it. Just yeah, you know, yeah. I would vote for that. That's yeah. not a problem. And I think we're going to have that bearded man probably in the next twenty to thirty years. Just a guess. Yeah, as I, I doubt it. As president, oh, I see. You know, what to I me, see. president is a bellwether for the acceptance of what conservatism is at that time. From a, because um, a lot of people will only vote for a president that they think is good looking. I can't imagine putting that much thought into what the president is. That was just my come guess. to that conclusion. Well, I saw the patterns, and you know, yeah, that's yeah. what that's what makes somebody autistic. And so, what if mm, it breaks up before then? What the uh, United States? Mm-hmm. It's not going to. Why do you think? 
Okay, so um, the reason that the United States exists is because other nations exist and the other nations aren't going anywhere either. This is the kind of, um, you know, forward momentum. And they're also on the top. Nobody's talking about the nation ceasing to exist, just the government. This government's going to stay there, too. So, um, you know, at this point, the United States is the most powerful. The United States government is the most powerful organization on the planet. So, therefore... Everybody wants to be part and support and thus support it who are seeking power. And there's a lot of them. Right. Um, well, nobody certainly doesn't well, want to be a part of it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, debatably, China and Russia are uh, headed These are the by other- people who also want to seek power but do not actually want to be on the side of the U.S. These are the other two that you would talk about. I think that you could have at one point called Switzerland sovereign, but I don't think you can do that anymore. Once they broke and gave up the uh, Swiss bank account numbers, um, then that was it. But you know, any nation that is sovereign at this point is sovereign in poverty not sovereign and success right so let's just say china thank you fiat currency (laughs) russia and the united states are the only sovereigns well russia is a shadow of its level of power at one point it's really Mm -hmm. a regional power as opposed to a global power it's not a superpower anymore right china is potentially moving up to superpower status but its level of you know making money and these china is simply the manufacturing uh hub for the united states's goods uh goods that it wants and their totalitarian state minimized the birth of children uh, enough children for so long that they're going to be hobbled they are hobbled and they will be hobbled uh, much more as time goes by because all those people are now getting old and they have half as many people to support them the united states has this problem has this problem to some extent mm-hmm. the baby boomer generation right. being globally right. the largest generation yet right yep. so before or since right and that's why, you know, it's always the baby boners like, what about the world population? You fuckers were <laughs> the end it. of it. Yeah. Like, this is it. Nobody wants children after you sons of bitches <laughs> got out here and acted like a bunch of entitled fuckholes. Like, you ruined humanity. Like, like yeah. this is it. You reached the pinnacle of what it was like to be a human and you shit all over it, and now nobody wants it anymore. Like, they're like, oh, I can't believe I'd bring a kid into this world. What they mean is you, boomers. And uh, To so, be fair, democracy was half of that equation. They love democracy. Yeah, that's you can't do that. Because it works you can't for have, them. You can't have a sudden population bulge in a democracy. Yep. Because uh, what, the, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? They're going to beat everyone else up and take their stuff. Right, and so then, of course, the millennials were the next biggest generation, leaving us poor as Gen Xers in the middle. And oh uh, yeah, you guys got shafted, and by you being shafted, they shafted our entire species because you're supposed to hand the power on to the next generation. Right. The one thing that the boomers and the millennials can agree upon is that Gen X sucks, and that they should pay for every fucking thing that those two generations want. Dude, I feel sorry for Gen X. I yeah. mean like if I have if I have one serious gripe about Gen X is like I I think that you could have tried harder to take power from the boomers. And we're probably never going to get it. You know, that's yeah. it's it's quite possible we go from uh doddering old uh Biden to uh, and, and Trump to AOC God. And, or something something like yeah. her. And I, there's I'm never a Gen Kamala, X president. Man. 
Listen. I'm still on Team Kamala. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like January 20th, watch the fuck out, Joe, because that, that character is about to be retired. <laughs> that so, is my wait. suspicion. It'll be it'll be like a nice, calm, like, oh, well, you know, he got the COVID and uh, his failing health, he's decided to hand it over. Well, let me finish up on why the United States isn't going in anywhere. Is it going to like come back to beard at some point? No. Oh, okay. Um, there is. Uh, it's just. It's not going anywhere because there's no competition. The greatest nation on earth is, by its definition, a. Um, you know, it's comparison, right? Like it must. It's not a great nation. It's the greatest nation on earth. So there must, therefore, not be another great nation. And there's no. There's no second, there's not even anything in second place. I mean, obviously there has well, to be a second place, but nothing's coming up close and nothing can hold a candle to it. When I was paid? a kid, do you remember the whole, uh, you know, Japan's going to take everything from us and come I've on, where's Japan absurd. now? Yeah, yeah clearly absurd. Uh, 100% zombie banks at this point. But have you heard anything about like the brick stuff that's coming together? Brick stuff? Bricks, yeah. Uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and uh, South Africa. Um, It it was theorized back when I was in uh, high school, and we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because they wanted us to uh, do a debate on the topic of bricks, um, which wasn't a thing. But it's becoming a thing. They are currently in talks to create a uh, commodity-backed currency and to allow other countries to enter their commodity uh, basket of commodities currency with whatever their commodity is. I think it's a great idea, and I think that that's the only way that you would see something. But this is still theoretical, okay? Talks I mean, are happening now. Great. So there's also talks between Great Britain, Canada, United States, New Zealand, and Australia oh, you to mean create NATO? to uh, to create. And Australia is not a NATO. This is to create an English, uh, basically an English sort of uh, uh, trading sphere. And I think that these federations are a good idea. I think that any nation, like what they should create a federation and say. We do free trade here. We do free movement of people here. We do, you know, whatever it is they want, right? Democracies, whatever. All you have to do is uh, is meet our threshold for what is so, um, what we we like, and then we'll let you in. Not like NATO, where it's like every one of our members must vote to let you in, and therefore nobody gets in. And NATO is just a protection thing. But bullshit. I um, I think that you could make the argument that if you outsource oh, the I'm military. Naked to these of these uh things that, uh, and basically said look all your job is is to protect this trading sphere you're not out there doing other stuff which of course the united states would always protect the high seas because it um you know it benefits them and they as long to- as they're the uh, as long as they're the reserve currency of the world they are kind of obligated to uh protect trade routes yeah i don't like really any of what you said not that you know i like i believe just- what you said i just i don't like that there seems to be like as big as the bureaucracies are of the nations currently on planet earth that they're still growing i i don't think you need to have bureaucracy to have trade and i will use that use the united states as an example the one the more thing bureaucracy you have the less trade you will have i right? would agree yeah um in the united states I can manufacture something in Presque Isle, Maine, and I can sell it in San Diego, California, without having to jump through nearly as many hoops and regulations and things like that yep. as if I decide to go sell it in uh, 
you know, Manitoba or Toronto or, uh, you know, Mexico City or Santa Cruz. Right. Uh, whatever. Unless you have an anarchist radio station and then the fascist pigs will drive a tank in your <laughs> fucking house. True. Um, all I'm saying is, is that I can buy and sell without too much licensure and difficulty within the United States. And all I want to see is more of that, not less of it. Agreed. That's a good thing about the Federation. Now, there's lots of bad things about the Federation of the United States. And I think that the we can, for those that uh, you know are sensitive, you can just turn off your radios now. I think the Constitution failed a long time ago. Oh, of course it did. Um, it's, it, it's meaningless. But it's that doesn't mean yeah, that's all it is. Long since Spooner pill. The government has either authorized such government as we have had, or it has been powerless to prevent it. In either case, it is unfit to exist. Now, the if we had a bunch of uh, Enlightenment era, era thinkers to put together a new constitution that would then presumably fix the problems of the old one or something like that, you know, I think that this could work. But federations are working all over the world right now. I'll all nations now for the new revolution. <laughs> almost Tip my hat to the new constitution. <laughs> almost every nation, and I think every nation belongs to some sort of federation, if not oh. a half a dozen of them. I mean, for for those people who think that the United States Constitution means anything, I I implore you to go and look at the constitutions of well, I don't know, like these nations that you're being told to hate, like uh, Korea, right? South Korea. North Korea, which one's the bad one? I don't even North know. North Korea is the North Korea, yeah. They have a constitution. And if you go and read yeah. it, sounds really good. Oh, it yeah. does. Sounds almost as good as the US constitution. Right. Yeah. Right? You're like, oh shit. They, and like you go look at any country you don't like, they've got a constitution, says all the same shit, totally fucking meaningless. Yeah. Agreed. Certainly lacks the thing that all laws have, which is and if you fuck this up, here's who will decide you fucked it up and punish you in the following way. Right. And and don't forget the court systems are corrupt. Yep. Almost every uh, country around the world, you just have corrupt court systems. And you, you just can't. It, because no government is corruption. corruption. Yeah. yeah. You can't have government without corruption. It is corruption. It is coercion. I think that they would love our level of corruption um, in most uh, most countries. I mean, you know, they just have non-functional justice in those places whereas we have this sort of roll of the dice thing you know in honduras for instance in many cases it's just how much you paid right yeah. mm. you know to you know and and here it's how much you paid to the lawyers right <laughs> you know right. So it's how much you paid no matter where you go yeah well it's it's paid to different people though so, anyway. so freedom at a price well and the thing is that we now exist in a time where the bureaucracy whatever useful function it had we can make these you know lightning rocks do for us like we can outsource all of the bullshit that was taking up human behavior that could have been productive we can now just make the computers do that for us and, and be absolutely certain that it got done and if you want to dig into it we have a permanent rec like the time chain i think is a, a much better word than blockchain and that's really the essence of the new technology we have just like time doesn't go backward we now have a thing that only goes forward and keeps a record the blockchain certainly can uh, is a great technology, and I believe that it'll be implemented. It's just that many of us on, in the Bitcoin world, we just think that the world's going to change a lot faster than it is. And I think that the blockchain slow. is important the way the internet is important. But let's not forget 
I was reading about the internet and exploring the ideas of the internet in 1992. Right. Yeah. And it was, and it existed for a decade before that. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it took a while to get up and we, I believe we really did give it a jump start. I believe we really pushed it forward, but I think about, well, I got online. Talk, well, I was fucking pioneers, man. Yeah. You know? No, no. I meant we, the Bitcoin people really pushed blockchain technology oh, yeah, forward yeah, definitely. or oh, yeah. time chain technology. Yeah. I like, I do like that better. Um, I agree with your rebranding. It's much, rebranded. More, uh, it, it's much more better explanation. Yeah. yeah. It's more accurate. And, but I mean, I got on the internet in 1998 and I realize I'm probably late in this particular, uh, crew, but I, I had a little something holding me up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I took a little break too. So, like, I, I learned a little bit of computers, but then I decided to roam the country, like, came from Kung Fu for some time. And so I didn't really, I didn't even own a computer again until I moved to Seattle. So, like, 90, probably 98 was, you know, when I, like, first bought my first home computer. But there really wasn't much to the internet in 1998. Right. Yeah. It was, you know, people had websites, but, you know, as far as buying and selling, Amazon was coming around at that time yeah. frame, but they were just selling books. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, I would rather go to Books a Million at the time. Um, you know, I mean, there's a chance I could meet a girl that can read there, you know? yeah. um, that can buy a cup of coffee and I can hang out and show what book I'm reading. Yeah. You know, but, then, like, but then the flipping happened and it went from uh, the Internet running over the existing phone line networks to the Internet running over the fiber optic networks. And so yeah. that gave you the increased capacity and speed that allowed the Internet to really blow up. And then they ended up having to run the phone over the internet instead right? and add the tone just so you would know that they were still there. <laughs> and just like those copper wires, here's your tone. Comfort but, tone, a little shh yeah. going on in the back. Yeah, the little, little yeah. hiss. So uh, uh, I see like the blockchain to me right now, Bitcoin, everything that surrounds the time chain, whatever you want to call it, to me right now is in sort of 1998 like it's there, it exists, but it's running over the current infrastructure. Read banking, government, right? Yep. So, so it's running over the current infrastructure that exists. We talked last week a bit about how it's seeping into the cracks and changing things because it's it's going to flip at some point. Everything else is going to run on the blockchain, right? Governments are going to run on the government services and products right. if 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 those can be you know considered a thing. Whatever governments do can be you know. On the run on the blockchain, bureaucracy itself, officially licensing anything, titles, contracts, all that stuff, it literally replaces bureaucracy. But that hasn't happened yet because we're still we we have to get to a point where it like speeds up and blows up, and that's just development. It's just a, enough people have to get involved developing this technology. I think that any chance we had to have a deflationary currency, i.e., Bitcoin, um, uh, on a global scale, was killed during World War Geek. You know, the Bitcoiners were geek. Yeah, that was uh, when, um, you know, basically BCH came about. The forkening. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, beforehand, they're arguing, you know, over block size and that kind of thing. And then, the, you know, the CIA takes over Blockstream and says, no, no, we're going to do whatever it is to, to kill this thing off. And I think they were successful and they got lots of people to make arguments in this way or that way. But, um, you know, ultimately, I believe that it died during that. And now we will have a cryptocurrency, whatever that means, but it may very well be a central bank cryptocurrency. I think that we... Those two the, terms are diametrically opposed. Um, no, they're not. So do you think no, you can that they You can have a cryptographically secured uh, uh, centralized currency. 
now, do you think that, it's, that it's Bitcoin would have been a monopoly? What's that? What's that, nobody? Do you think that Bitcoin would have been a monopoly? Because I think it might have had a chance if they would have just increased the block size by um, from one meg to two meg. I think mm -hmm. that they would have, you know, the chance of us making it might have uh, it might have had a chance. So let, let, let me run an yeah, idea. Yeah, I don't think monopolies exist without government to and to right. enforce them. So I don't think it ever well, could have been a monopoly. Okay, so all I would use as my example is is that you know the closest thing we had to competition to Bitcoin was like Litecoin, and then and and that was fine. I like the idea of, gold, of Bitcoin being gold, Litecoin being silver. You know the one you know the one thing and the other. And See, using I, I two think blockchains. I think once Litecoin like spun itself up, and even Doge for that matter, uh, showing that oh hey we can just take this and tweak it and make it a different flavor. Of, of the same and thing. And privacy I think the coins rest, were certainly needed. Yeah, I think the rest. And once you have inevitable. that, once you have privacy coins plus Litecoin plus Dogecoin uh, plus Bitcoin, then you have to have a coin which serves more serves as a place to trade between them. Sure. So I don't think it was ever ever possible to have a single currency, and this is putting. Uh, putting aside the issue that no single currency uh, could could carry every transaction on Earth, but all of them combined can. Well, so here's what my point would be on this is that either you were going to have a deflationary currency, which would require basically a monopoly. Right. And I'm not saying that it could have happened. I don't know that it would require a monopoly, but go on. Well, I, I, I do, and here's and I'll make my point. Um, so if you, you create this uh, universal coin, right, or whatever it is, the swap coin, uh, the swap coin allows you to use basically any coin and then swap it to some other coin through the same wallets without, uh, you know, a lot of friction. Right. It just makes it makes it all easier. Well, great. Then I'm creating Mark Coin. You're creating Captain Coin. Yeah. You know he's creating Peakless Coin, and everybody's creating uh, coin after coin after coin. Well, now you don't have a deflationary currency anymore. Now you have a a, a functionally an expanding inflationary currency. Well, hold on, hold on. So now that actually depends. So for example, if I was going to make my own, like, okay, I'm going to fork Bitcoin, say, at this point, and it's going to be my own little token here. Okay. The only reason that I would like want to do that that i would expect any real success with that is like okay i have a set of people who they like the idea of using this little this will be our own little separate sure coin. so i mean great wonderful well, the killer I have a little tribal coin that you can also convert into the the uh inter-tribal coin the um the killer app when it comes to cryptocurrency is creating your own money Right. Why are banks rich? Because they make their own money. Right. Anybody who's able to pass off in whatever community they have their own currency is going to be rich. They're going Unless to create everybody wealth. has that ability. Yeah, they do. In which case, it ceases to be uh, an advantage. Well, but it neutralizes the advantage of the. Uh, monopolistic bankers <laughs> well what i would say rich is you have to have the influence 
you have to have the intelligence, and you have to have the drive. And if you don't have those three things to create the currency, you can have you know two of those three, and if you can't put them together, then you don't have something successful. If you have those three things, then you can create this currency, you can pass the scam or whatever. Um, it's not necessarily a scam. I mean, sometimes... Free Talk Live is working on its own currency on FTL.FM um, in order to incentivize people to share the show in a variety of things. Maybe one day we'll Are roll they? it out. What's that? Are they? Well, I, you know, I can't say that that uh, train is going along at full speed, hmm. but, uh, you know, as I understand, the the infrastructure is there for it, and we're just not, you know, so using I'd like it to run much. this yeah. idea I mean, past basically, you. if everybody <laughs> issues their own coin then that coin becomes basically, uh, it's issued on your own credit. And so it becomes more or less your, crating, your, your, your credit rating. And by looking online and seeing who's trying to buy your tokens and who's trying to sell your tokens and at what price, they, uh, they can more or less determine your personal credit. Yeah, it's it's basically like uh, there is a market for uh, for gift cards, even though there's money, but and it would be comparable in size too. But let me run this by you. So, um, in order for there to be the internet, we had to have well, first we have to add like uh, I forget which is first. I think it was TCP/IP, and then uh, HTTP. Yeah, and then HTTPS. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So it was a, a layered system. Mm-hmm. Now. Now, I don't know how exactly this is going to come about, but I think that it is a very strong possibility. And it might be as a, as a matter of like side chains that, because they're so easily mineable in addition to the, the uh, reliable store of value that's BTC or whatever else happens to be popular at the time. Um, or it might be just a, a layer two solution that like, okay, uh, this is running to be like the, uh, the clearinghouse. And now on top of that, we will run something that works like Visa and MasterCard to do rapid payments, or as I, I think will be a very popular yeah. thing, uh, anonymity. You know, I think, I think you're onto something because I think that uh, adding layers of stuff to things like Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum even, uh, Ethereum is a whole different thing, but... Uh, I think that that is where things are going to go. Uh, blockchain is in its raw form right now. Right, kind of like early internet was in its raw form, and it you know stumbled through a bunch of things and like yeah, like back when there were internets before there was the internet. Right, and so uh, there's going to be a number of things that run on top of and are built on top of uh, the current cryptocurrency universe, if you will, because that's what it is now. It's a universe, ten ten thousand plus coins that exist now. Is that right? Most of them are garbage and um, meaningless, but but yeah. But they're still being developed. Right, that's, that's what true. I'm saying. Some, effort, some are. The effort <laughs> well, hasn't stopped. Well, that's that's actually one big part of this. Like, uh, you know, I get get a chance to talk to people who are actually in this industry, and like, there's a tremendous amount of investment in uh, the programmers that are. Uh, well, and that's why I got into Bitcoin to start with. Is I was sitting at a table with, um, I can't read this. Can you read this while I'm telling my story? Okay. Um, I don't have my glasses on. I have a bunch of things. <laughs> So I was sitting at, I can't put them on because I have, you know, with the headphones and it just doesn't work. Our top-notch production team says food in the fridge should, you should have some if you want. It's amazing. I think she's probably right. (laughs) Probably. It smelled amazing. I was sitting at a table 
at, at Por- the Porcupine Freedom Festival, one of those picnic tables, yeah. it, with Roger Veer, Eric Voorhees. So Roger uh, Veer, the guy known as Bitcoin Jesus yep. and developer of Bitcoin.com. Voorhees of uh, Simple, or uh, what is it? Mm, uh, they bought the other... Oh my gosh! Uh, you think of it, the swap site, the coin swap site, and like I couldn't get to it in Washington State because they mm. would figure out your IP. I don't know. Uh, um, whatever, go on. The uh, so Roger Veer, Eric Voorhees, now of Shapeshift.io. Shapeshift. Thank you. That's what I was trying to think of. Yep. Um, then a Charlie Shrim, uh, you know, widely known in uh, several different projects. First guy to go to jail over Bitcoin. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, and a man named Ira Walker, who is, you know, a, a genius on the, these people's levels, not as widely acclaimed, but so what? Um, and I was listening to these guys talk. I knew I was in the deep end of the pool. I was just dangling my feet in. Sure. I right. wasn't swimming. Um, and, I realized in that moment that the smartest, most productive, most driven young men, and I'm not kidding there, you know, like it was 99 to one, mm-hmm. um, young men in the world are interested in this topic yeah, and they're only getting more interested. You'd find these young guys running around. They can't take care of themselves hygienically, but they are fucking rabid about Bitcoin. Right. And, you know, they're going to put they're going to put life together at some point. And they did. And this has just been going and going, you know, the blockchain just keeps on uh, you know, replicating itself and getting more and more powerful. TikTok another block. Right. And it just keeps coming. So that's the reason I got into it. I'm not yeah. s- claiming that Bitcoin's dead. I'm just claiming that I don't think it's going to be the world reserve currency like I thought it was going to be, you know, maybe five years ago or something like well, that. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be I would say, is pretty much garbage because, I mean, what justifies it, it having a higher value than BCH when uh, Name BCH recognition. can carry way more... Also, so uh, transactions. I, yep. I'm glad you asked because I, I formulated exactly what this is. So uh, there's actually a great little visualization of like billiard ball comes in and here's one that goes down the tube where you can see like the, the processing uh, of uh, BTC and BCH. And with uh, BTC, it's like a big old bunch of billiard balls that are all stuck there. And it's like, oh, it's like a clogged drain. Yeah. And I, I, I had to think about this for a good long time because, OK, obviously their priorities aren't making payments. And I had to think, like, why is this why is this what people want and it dawned on me people want an anal retentive banker like like the whole thing is proving that this isn't bullshit proving that this is actually a way to keep track of things that they won't get lost so right now what the people want is for it to be slow and careful and not process very quickly because like people are terrified of change, and this is already moving too fast for them anyway. Right, I would agree yeah, they're terrified see, I, of change. I completely disagree. I think the reason that uh, Bitcoin BTC and ETH are the two most highly valued coins are because those are the ones that are controlled by the Federal Reserve the ones that they have pumped a lot of money into and the ones that they want you using because they have already co-opted them. 
Interesting. Um, I, I would agree on ETH, but I think you're completely off base on BTC. Uh, so how how does uh, block uh, Blockstream refusing to uh, refusing to scale it to the point where it's useful as a currency uh, not completely invalidate BTC? Hey, uh, yeah, nobody, we've got to uh, take a break. Uh, we're about five minutes past the break time. So we're going to do that right now. We'll be back in like 10 minutes. I'm okay. going to bed. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing like thank hell, you so I'm Mark. not going to be back. Okay, well, good night to uh, Mark. But I will thank meet you. you out on the porch in a few minutes. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, good night to you, nobody, as well. Thank you for joining Thanks. us. And uh, to take us uh, into the break, I've queued up. Some fun music, of course. Let's see what we have. What did I do? Oh, yeah, I did this one. Who the hell put this crap on? That's you, McDonough. You know, one billion served. <laughs> Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Uh, Zephan. Zephan, how the fuck are you? I'm doing pretty fucking good. How about you guys? Uh, I'm all right. Uh, we just got back from our mid-show break, and I'm sorry to say that McDonough was playing. That's uh, you know m- my nickname for Madonna. Usually, I I leave folks on the break with you know some metal or some rock or something, and I did so, but somehow, well, the internet just decided it knew better. So I, I yeah. apologize to our listeners for you know having to endure. Madonna. Now, if you like Madonna, then you're welcome, but, you know. On hold, I mostly was listening to The Onion and, like, a couple other uh, programs. One was this guy talking about Pearl Harbor, and it was just, uh, you know, so boring. I feel like there's such interesting ways to talk about what happened at Pearl Harbor, but he was just not doing it. <laughs> he was not interesting with it? No. <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> uh, um, so we're down uh, Peakless Mountaineer. He'll be back in just a minute, but uh, Mark... Uh, has gone uh, as well, and uh, nobody is taking the rest of the night off. So for the moment, Zephan, it's you and I. Nice. Um, Well, have you been keeping up with the Crypto 6 trial? I've been trying. Uh, I've been reading The Penguin. He's been writing for freekeen.com. And if folks want to read up on that, he's been, uh, you know, as much as he can, taking notes and then uh, transcribing that later on, you know, in the evening and posting it up there. So I've been keeping tabs that way. Uh, of course, you know, I'm in the studio, so I'm, I'm talking to these folks, you know, on occasion as well. And, you know, just trying to stay on top of what's going on with the trial. Uh, we talked about it a bit earlier in the show because, uh, you know, Mark was here to give his perspective on sort of how things were going. So, uh, yes, yeah. to answer your question. Yeah, I've um, I've been trying to go every day, um, like for at nice. least some of the day. I mean, there's there's law school finals, but like. Um, I just find it really interesting that the prosecution decided to bring the case at all um, because, like, um, I don't think this is going the way that they planned at all. Um, <laughs> like, like <laughs> seriously, I mean, like... It, I mean, I, I actually every, hope so because... Bring up, it just makes them look more corrupt and it makes him look, like, less bad than how they were portraying him at the beginning well, because they were basically trying to make him sound like he was... Teaming up with scammers. He's like Al Capone of the cryptocurrency world. That's what they're yeah. trying to make. Right. Them, they like, are. You know? Well, and no, yeah, hold on. So, uh, like I was saying in the show, it's or uh, it, it seemed to me. Sorry, earlier in this show, 
uh, it seemed to me like they just didn't alter their argument. Like a bunch of charges got dropped and they just didn't bother to change the story. Like they were geared to tell a, 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 a conspiracy story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the whole story like is contingent on the fact that it's like, oh, you know, he's a scammer and like he teams up with scammers to like right. take these old ladies money. But then their witness that they brought up the other day, uh, he was like a postal service investigator. He talked about like a old lady that was sending four thousand dollars in the mail mm-hmm. um, and, and she um, she sent him candy in the mail with the four thousand dollars to buy Bitcoin. And it's like. <laughs> Oh my God! You're making him sound like way too freaking like easy to sympathize with, you know? Because it's like this old lady is like sending him, uh, you know, like candy. Yeah, for it's like a tip, like a like thank you. Back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like, and she never, and he admits that she never filed a complaint against uh, him. <laughs> so, so, like, he's straight oh, up admitted wow. that. So it's like, it, like, no, they are just shitting the bed left and right. Um, and it's wild that they're even trying to continue to bring the case. And like their whole argument is contingent, I think, on the fact that like um, the federal government doesn't believe you have a right to privacy. Right. And uh, yes. they don't know what state they're in because in New Hampshire, we voted on an amendment for uh, privacy and it passed with 80 percent. So th- like they're just fucking clueless about this state. Well, and I hope so. I hope that like this uh, reveals to at least everybody who attends and those who read up on it because you know there is no public stream so the only way for you to like see this go down and i think that's another reason why they're not allowing is that it's because they kind of know that they're going to look like dicks right that they're yeah. they, they've done they're like ah we stepped on our dicks here on this one mm. but because <laughs> ian didn't take a plea deal right now they have to go through with the trial of course and so now they have to show their hand I think they bluffed. I think they gambled yep. when they raided uh, the studios uh, and and the right. other places. Uh, well, you know, on the the events of the Crypto Six on that day, they're atrophied. No one's ever challenged them. Like they've never well, had yeah. to run for a meal in their life. Like no one, well, no one fights I, things. I think they gambled and thought it's, that it's they funny. were going to find something that that made some evidence that made Ian out to be the scammer they claim he is, and they found jack shit. Yeah, they kind of they kind of choked on their own propaganda. They're like, well, of course we wouldn't have fifty bajillion charges against someone who's completely innocent of everything. Yeah. Oh shit, we have well, fifty bajillion well, charges against someone who's completely innocent of everything. After years of watching him. Go ahead. It's Zeb. funny that you mentioned that because, uh, like. In New Hampshire, there actually hasn't been a criminal case brought to trial in over two years. Ian is uh, the first criminal case in federal court to be brought in over two years. So I really don't think that they expected him to take it all the way through. And I think that now that they are, they're like, oh, fuck, like, we did not we did not plan for this contingency. And so it's being like put on full display right here. Like the the woman that did the opening argument, in my opinion, just seemed like a complete noob, you know, like, like Oh my God, know, right? Like the her, presentation was, was just terrible. Oral argument. Yeah, it was like her first oral argument ever. Right? Ian's attorney just comes up like clocks her and it's like a six person team against Sisty and it's, you know, it's just pitiful. He's like just destroying all of them. Like, I don't know if like I'm just too optimistic. Like, you know, honest, I, I'm going to be pretty upset if like the, after all this happens, the jury just ends up being like, oh, you know, like, well, he's guilty. Um, I am more I, cautiously I optimistic. I, I hope they're doing a good yeah. job of educating the jury. 
Uh, you know, there's... oh yeah, no, they are. Because they, they like went deep into good um, you know crypto and and like what it right, is. Right, but do you get a sense that they actually understood? You know the basis. You know, do you get a sense that they get? Because like a lot of people still don't get sort of the basics of cryptocurrency. It's decentralized nature. You know, uh, the basics that you us to us, it's like a no brainer. We all know the brain. You know, right? But like to well, a jury, that's you know, ha- like. And that, to me, could be, like, we're all libertarian anarchists, you know, free market people, right? And so we have these ideas, and we try to live them, and they're at the top of our minds all the time. And, like, if the jury is sort of regular people, like, there might be a knowledge hurdle for them there. And so that might make, you know, the state's case where they just sort of paint them in a a dark way. You're a sinister man. Shame on you. You should go to jail Mm -hmm. for something, right? That might give it some legs. So... I, I like what I've been hearing, right, which is like your account right now, Zephan, and also some other people's accounts of like how the proceedings went. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'm still, I'm optimistic, but cautiously. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think that's totally fair. Um, but like, it's hard to read their minds in terms of like if they're understanding it or not, because mm-hmm. unfortunately, um, the uh, government still requires the uh, religious mandate that everyone has to wear a mask. So you can't really like look at their facial expressions right. and actually see how they're reacting to the information. Have there been oh, any? Yeah. If, have and, there been any human? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was. Oh, just... well, if you're. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. My bad. Zephan, you were on <laughs> something. A little bit of a delay. Huh? Zephan, go, go ahead. Oh, all right. Um, and uh, you know, if you were in the room. Uh, forced to be in the room with the untouchables, you know, the ones that had religious uh, reasons for not wearing the um, masks, then it's even harder to see their faces anyway, because most of the time the uh, the camera that's in the overflow room that videotapes the courtroom doesn't yep. even show the jury. So it's, uh, uh, so it's I, I have, challenging. I have questions since you've been there. Uh, yeah. One camera, uh, does it does it show the attorneys? Um, usually just their backs, unless they're like facing towards the jury. So the camera, the camera angle that everybody in the separate, you know, kitty table room with no masks on is seeing is like a camera on a tripod somewhere behind the two attorneys. Correct. It's uh, stationary, but like it zooms in sometimes. Okay. But most of the time it just stays in the same spot. So there seems to be an operator of some sort operating the camera from time to time at least. Um, yeah, not nothing nothing like dedicated or anything. Okay. Now, have you been in the, the main room wearing the mask or have you been in the kitty table room with the no mask? Uh, my religion um, says that I cannot um, wear a mask for religious or any other purpose so right. um i just haven't been going in at all and i've actually been the one person most days to be preserving uh that right in the overflow room because like everyone else i guess doesn't have the same religious uh you know mandates as i do um which is fine like i'd, I'd prefer that there were people in there um supporting him but like i i almost think that they're gonna try to do like a 9-11 thing again where like uh, if we don't continue to like push the envelope in terms of like fighting the biomedical state, even now, yeah, um, we could just lose that right forever. Like, uh, so you know, like 
Oh, hold on, hold on. It's I, really disheartening. I, I have more questions about, about the trial situation. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. So you're in the other room. You're seeing this. Uh, is it a regular television? Is it a flat screen television? It's several flat screen televisions. So there's one that's on the right of the uh, of the courtroom, which, like, is the easiest to see. Yeah. And then there's another that's, like, uh, across the room, like, completely in the opposite direction. And yeah. then there's some on the walls. Okay. Um, so I think I think it's meant to be, like, an overflow room for watching trials. I mean, sure. it, it still had, it still had the setup to, uh, um, to like hold trials in it itself. Yeah. Um, so was the audio but, coming out of the TVs or was it coming from like overhead speakers in the ceiling? Was there a set of speakers in the room? It had overhead speakers. The acoustics are actually pretty good. Like, okay. um, the main thing that, um, you know, goes wrong is that sometimes the, uh, stream just like, um, like instantly goes out and like they have to call it and like that happens like once or twice a day i can't imagine i can't imagine how poorly run a government it department is (laughs) no it's it's one guy and he's actually a really nice guy it's one guy Um, and he's like yeah yeah (laughs) like that's what it seems like every time he like comes running in turning on the uh you know turning turning the stream back on he's just the av guy well, yeah, it's a federal exactly. court, but uh, it's still a New Hampshire federal court. So, have you have you <laughs> seen or heard anything like this? Uh, you know, some sort of a thing is said by you know whoever you know is talking at the time, and have you heard uh, like a collective reaction from everybody in the room? And I'm talking about the people sitting, uh, spectating, as well as the jury. Like, if something funny oh, happens, yeah. if something funny happens, has the jury laughed? Yeah, um, so no, not the jury. Um, so the jury. once, uh, there, there was a, uh, the person that was the lead FBI investigator on Ian's case, mm-hmm. um, who by the way, looked completely clueless on how her own operation went because she was asked a bunch of questions and couldn't answer them, which, uh, you know, looked rather confident in my, confident in my opinion, but, uh, yeah. um, but so, um, she said, Oh, um, I know that I only work with the most upstanding of people, like in terms of like the federal agents and like the whole free stater section of the audience, like <laughs> basically like erupted in like some spontaneous laughter. So it's like a um, laugh track on a situation comp, a sitcom. Yeah, but that really pissed off the judge. The judge was like, if anyone does that again, that'll be the last time they do it. Um, <laughs> it's going to happen well, again. I man. mean, I, the yeah. thing about genuine laughter is it's spontaneous. Right. Right. Yeah. Exhibit A, the difference between clapter. Like, it's a joke, but we can't laugh at it because it's not fucking funny. So we clap because, yes, I agree with the political statement you just made in the form of a joke. (laughs) There's a reason that I ask you these questions, though, because, like, to me, I think it's important that uh, if laughter like that does erupt spontaneously from the people there in support uh, of Ian, it, it would mean more to me to know whether or not the jurors laughed as well. Well, um, it was hard to tell. It didn't, it didn't seem like it. And so I actually mm. told them after I'm like, Hey guys, like, I don't want this to look bad for Ian. You know, you guys right. are taking this seriously. Like if you guys, if you guys want, uh, you know, to laugh or yell at the screen or whatever, just join me in the other room. Cause when that happened, I like, I like laughed so hard and, and like, <laughs> and shouted. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, no, you fucking aren't like, no, you fucking don't. You don't work with the nicest people. And I literally said that in a, you know, in a federal courtroom, but it was an empty one. Right, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and they could have done it, you know, but, but like, uh, you know, like, um, like it, 
I just don't think it's a tactically a good idea. Um, yeah. You know, like, like it's, it's Ian's freedom on the line. He could literally right. be in prison for 40 years if right. we're not careful. Well, you, yeah, you don't want somebody uh, in there and then, you know, like the, uh, the attorneys for the, the, what do you call them? The prosecution. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go up there and say yeah. something, and then you get somebody be like, "That's bullshit, man!" Like coming out yeah. of the back <laughs> of the Obviously, the very last well, thing they want. Now, I, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, uh, it like, is. It, it is go, this go the other side of that coin, though. Like, uh, as we hit the nail on the on the head, it is a privacy trial. Like that's right. uh, privacy is what's on trial here. Yeah. Which okay, well, the other coin of that is like. Maybe the government isn't the best moral arbiter because they're spying on people who have a right not to be spied on. Like right. we, we we did actually just have this conversation. Like we did the whole ballot thing and everything, and I was very yep, proud. 80%. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think it get a, could get a higher percentage in any other state. If I'm going to be completely honest, like yeah, I don't know if that. I don't know if that many people in either the hyper liberal California who forces uh, people that bought guns to share their addresses and personal information with right. uh, with with scholars or, um, you know, in conservative Texas that like, you know, allows for like um, doctors to have bounties put on their heads for performing abortions. You know, like nobody gives a shit about privacy, like in anywhere except a principled place like New Hampshire. Um yeah. You know, and even then so I seems. can't believe it only got well, 80%. At, at least we'll like pay 90. lip service to it anyway. And I, mm. I mean, like that that's in theory what the whole thing was supposed to simulate is like, okay, here's a sampling of the people around here. Um, do any of you see privacy as something we actually have a right to? Like was any of right. you serious when I mean, odds are most of you voted for this. Was any of you serious mm-hmm. when you did that? Like, did you mean it when you said, no, we have a right to our own. And and like, this is it. This is the information war. Like, is this my information or isn't it? Yep. Well, I mean, uh, on, on that similar note, um, the, the federal uh, prosecutors accidentally had their own witnesses admit um, that Ian hadn't broke any New Hampshire, like, state laws like so yeah so i mean like they clarified they're like oh you know these are all federal charges or whatever but like um in my opinion i think that like new hampshire's your average new hampshire citizen like does not have a favorable view of dc like i've talked to even liberals about this and like they're like they're like oh yeah no if if like if dc was run like new hampshire it would it would be so much better dc's Um, a shithole Right. Well, I think yeah, Sisti so, so. said it in the opening statements. It's a question of the possibility of just because the government said it doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. Now, if you can if you can handle that, like if you can forego the cognitive dissonance and just go, yeah, you know, government lies to us sometimes because yeah. we all are witness of all the fucking wars that we're in now. Because yeah. the government has been lying to us for generations now, provably, yeah. obviously. Okay, can can you admit to yourself that that happens? Well, uh, just on that note, for anybody listening that doesn't know, uh, Monday is the, we'll call it the closest thing to an official protest 
uh, after court at 5 p.m. Uh, in front of the, the court. All that information. Oh, it's Monday now? Yeah, well, that's the information up on thecrypto6.com. Is that it's Monday? Oh, okay. Monday the 12th. Someone told me it was Tuesday. Mm. That's good. Uh, if that changes, I mean, that you know, I, I didn't browse it just now, but it was there earlier this morning uh, as the date. I took a screenshot of it myself to send to somebody else. Yeah, Monday 5 okay, p.m. But, I mean, come any yeah, day. Like, I, I issued a challenge to anybody that has ever... Uh, you know, been supported by Ian, you know, had them on the radio, uh, you know, let them be on the show, promote their product or their service or, you know, their, you know, YouTube channel, whatever it is, you know, any of their freedom oriented businesses, any of their activism, like if you've been helped by Ian Freeman in any way, show up. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be Monday. That's probably going to be the big one, I think. But uh, any day that this trial is going on, you know, book an Uber, you know, grab a flight, uh, come out and just show up because uh, he supported you when you wanted something and you shared, you know, the values of freedom, like come and show your respect because he's facing a lot of time. And I think a show of people can only benefit the community. It would be great for New Hampshire to, uh, you know, show off, if you will, the number of freedom oriented individuals uh, that uh, have support for Ian Freeman. Mm. I, I actually really like that sentiment, um, but, you know, just on a lighter note, could you imagine if uh, uh, Sarah came over here and, like, uh, came to court to support Ian? No one's provided her a bigger platform uh, than Ian, in my opinion. Everyone else has basically kicked her off from, from being able to call, but he continues to... You know, let her call every day, even though it's usually about the same thing. She's like worse than Dave. She's getting worse than David, I think. <laughs> uh, it is called Free Talk Live for a reason, and so yeah, you know, it's got to be consistent. I oh, I yeah. have a no, perverse treasuring of my time with Sarah because only every now and again do I get to actually question a socialist and things. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. She, she's had oh. some pretty good moments. I mean, I think yeah. you could probably go back and edit together a pretty good reel of Sarah. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I th- she I might think, not I enjoy someone, it, but we would. <laughs> someone, I bet at this point, someone could make a Sarah the Ancap, like, uh, like, edit, like <laughs> where she's literally just like, oh, oh we yeah, could do like, Sarah versus uh, Sarah. I'm, Oh, Sarah yeah, the Ancap like, versus oh. Sarah the, the communist? Yeah. Where she yeah. takes both sides of her own issues? <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, it is a capitalist system, and she's like, oh yeah, and and I have my little business that I that I do, my multi marketing business, and you know, you can tell a part of her wants to be uh, productive and like not a leech off society, but like there's another strong part of her personality um, that like is a statist. I mean, and she does say that she's bipolar, so like I wonder if that's sort of like at play. Um, well, I there, think that- I think she's trying to deal with simultaneously she is incapable of providing for anyone of nourishing mm. anyone and she has a deep deep desire to do so mm. so yeah. the way that she processes mm. that is like well i can vote and and i can tell people about socialism so then they can vote and then we'll feed more of the hungry which uh, when you don't have anyone to direct that directly to like if you're not part of a community or at least a family, like you don't have anyone to give that nurturing instinct to. In, yeah. In a lot of ways, our uh, callers uh, are a cross section, I think, 
of society today. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's reflective of what exists currently. Now, is it an accurate? I don't know, you know, but it's a cross-section anyway. Okay. Uh, and in order to be Free Talk Live, I think, you know, we, we maintain that. And that, of course, was, you know, the, the OG vision of Free Talk Live. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it, it, it may not be a, a good sample, but it's every single one a facet of, you know, our society where it's at right now. Um, so I don't want to diverge back up, um, you know, too much, but I did yes, want to talk do. a little bit more about the artistic <laughs> stuff. Uh, so, so, um, the, the last day of court to just happen, they, uh, brought in an IRS agent that was like, basically, um, you know, being a plant, like trying to, um, get gather intel from Ian. And he talked about how. Uh, he did $3,000, $5,000, another $5,000, and like $11,000 and more of like individual uh, Bitcoin purchases. And I'm just sitting here like, how much Bitcoin does the federal government have exactly at this point? Like, what do they do? Like, once they've like purchased all this stuff, like, oh, they're, they're hodlers. They're hodlers. So, well, so for one <laughs> thing, they I, use it in operations because uh, you hold on. So, you, you do hear about these stories where, well, we recovered half of the Bitcoin. Hmm, did you now? <laughs> There's literally only one way to recover any amount of Bitcoin. You have right. to have the the seed phrase or the the wallet uh, uh, mm. code. So that means it was you. It was you being yeah. that guy. Oh, like the FBI always does with the new terrorists. Mm. You think they're skimming off I mean, the top? No, well, no. I'm <laughs> saying they are using this in their operations of entrapment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course they are. I mean. The dude is just a creep, too. Like, so um, on Christmas Day, instead of spending time with his own family, um, he texted Ian and wished him a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Like, what a fucking creep. Like, you're you're a federal investigator, and you're, like, reaching out to this guy on Christmas instead of hanging out with your... It just was disgusting. Like, the, these people, like, don't have... Um, any souls, it seems like. it's It's almost like they're actors, but, like in a way that is manipulative and evil and like just uh, um, terrorizes innocent people. It's just, you know, it's so disgusting to actually like see these people like in person, you know, because I got a job to do and that job is to get you coercively abducted into a minor torture chamber. That's what I do for a living. I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about, I'm still thinking about all the attendees laughing at the prosecutor. (laughs) 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 I wish I could have been there for that. I, I certainly missed out, but I, and, and and I'm with you. Like I I would, I wouldn't want, you know, some overzealous libertarian types to like, you know, create a a hostile environment or anything that's going to, you know, take away from Ian's chances at winning this thing. Uh, so hey, if you join me in the freedom room, we can laugh at them as much as we want. <laughs> I mean, I do that when I'm not in there anyway, so I'm, I'm actually resistant you know, to going in at all, but you it, know, I will. It is reminiscent of the, uh, free speech zones that they would allow for like Obama was visiting Denver. And if you want to go in into this fenced off area, yeah. that's where you're allowed to protest. And also like the no phones <laughs> thing. So you can't like take a selfie of yourself. Oh, yeah. In there, you know, like, ah. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, we can't have you recording this. This is about our recordings. We will decide what what to omit. It's just more that, like, anybody else except them could probably do a much better job of recording it and broadcasting it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, they have the the infrastructure already to broadcast it. Of course they do. But they just... They They don't have the the fucking inclination. Right. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they can do it into the spare room shows that they have the capability to just stream it and put it online. So the only only reason that they're not is because uh, they don't want transparency because they don't want the jury to like, you know, look back on it or something like it has something to do with the jury. Get this. That's their excuse. Uh, COVID. COVID was the reason that forced government to, you know, uh, speed up their technological curve and get the fuck online. Right with their meetings yeah. and stuff, and then they started having the yeah, trials and like, true. like, like even Ian's hearings, you know, his bail uh, hearings and stuff. We got to sit and and watch on a laptop computer because they were like, well, we yeah. got to have it public in some way, right? If we're not gonna let people in the yeah. door, and so now they let people in the door, but then they bring back the COVID restrictions, so they get the fucking best of both goddamn worlds. Mm. <laughs> you yeah. mean the the worst of both well but they they're on the winning end because now like they did put in all the infrastructure to get everything online but now because you can show up but you have to wear a mask or go at the kitty table right we're not gonna broadcast it online because you can sort of be there in person if you follow our stupid rules which you know i mean i it's dumb i I don't want to i don't want to be like self-centered or anything because obviously this is all about ian and like that's why i'm there and that's obviously why everyone else is there but like the fa- the fact that like a federal court is like the only place on earth where you still have to wear a mask is just fucking mind boggling to me. Mm. Like, well, I've, so, I've never uh, can I can I lay to, like, a black pill on you? Sure. So something dawned on me when an animal sees like they they've done uh, uh, the experiment on uh, I, I believe it was ducklings mm. that if the first thing they ever see in their life is a ping pong ball they will uh, bond to right. the ping pong ball. Right. Uh, they will seek the ping pong ball for comfort when things are scary and uh, ultimately attempt to copulate with a ping pong ball. I do that with beer. Now, <laughs> I'm just kidding. The <laughs> mother and father, if they happen to be around of an entire subsection of humanity, have no face. They have a replicable mm. mask instead of a face. Yeah. So, like, holy shit, you literally gave the government your face for these children who just got born into a world where mom and dad, of course, their face looks like masks. Yep. So everyone who comes to me with the mask face is my parent. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty scary, the world that they've created. Um, but, I mean, there is, like, a weird... Uh, upside to it because um, the uh, the court provides a check on this rule, which is that like if all of the jury members uh, all agree that they don't want to wear masks, then the courtroom could become a mask optional uh, room. So it's I guess it's like um, you know like they're still trying to keep the system of checks and balances there, um, but like. They, they allow for one person to infringe on the right of everyone else. So it's almost like democracy, but like, like the worst, <laughs> you know, the worst part of it. Like instead of the majority oppressing the minority, it's the minority oppressing the majority, um, which, you know, still obviously isn't ideal. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, you had more to say? Oh, did I? Oh. <laughs> Zephan, on to the next thing. All right. Um, so let's see. There were there were other there were other things that were on the uh, list of things to happen. Um, the only thing I had to say yeah. is like, okay, there's a straight up fucking sci-fi element of like, remember ET and the the radioactive suit people. Uh, yes. And like a lot of the footage coming out of China right now of the people who are you know wiring the doors shut. Where they've got these, like, you know, hazmat suits. And, of course, no face. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought of that. I I have seen a a meme recently that has uh, a scary sort of a feel to it. It's, you know, the Chinese uh, enforcers all wearing the white suits. Mm. And there's, I don't know, a hundred of them or something in a a parking lot. And then... uh, you know, split screen on the other side is uh, about the same number of stormtroopers from Star Wars standing around in a parking lot, <laughs> and like they kind of look similar from from the distance of the of the meme, you know. And I was like, mm, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just so fitting that if you see a police officer walk down the street, you know, you just start uh, playing the Imperial March, you know, dun, 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 oh, gosh. Yeah. If only we could, if only we could heckle the court, <laughs> like, I, I would so love to heckle the court while it's carrying on. Um, I, I have if only the court had a sense of humor. See, now that's something I would demand if we actually had a market in them. <laughs> I, right. I will only so, attend court um, that I can heckle. Fucking A, man. So I have a right. There, <laughs> it's there's called something in, there's something interesting that happened on day uh, three. That's when they were showing a lot of the uh, videos and stuff, like of the actual raid taking place. Yeah. Um, and on that day, uh, like it showed six to seven heavily armed SWAT team uh, people, like as they were entering, they ripped down uh, Ian's peace flag. The peace sign, yep. I've seen that footage like, yeah, a bazillion of, times. Yeah, in front of the house. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and then like they... Uh, they destroyed the camera, um, you know, Several like of them. the security camera. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And and they showed all of that. And, like, um, I think it just made them look like complete crap um, because Sissy was, like, cross-examining them, um, like the um, the lead FBI investigator basically grilling her um, on this. And, and she couldn't excuse any of it because, like, she, she was like, oh, that was the SWAT team. I wasn't in charge of it. I was, like, just in tar- charge of the... FBI operation, right. even though uh, she's she's where the buck stops. Like she was, ba- it was basically her operation. Yeah. Um. And so, I uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought this was yours. Real bad. Um. Did you <laughs> not take lead on this operation? Right. And you decided that it would be great to sign off on having a whole shit ton of alphabet agencies all at once. So mm-hmm. that means you need to coordinate a like, bunch of agencies. Like we all know that the government is going to do their job. Poorly, <laughs> because yeah. they're the government, right? It's, it's impossible w- for them to do their job, uh, you know, efficiently and well uh, if you, you know, well, uh, other than killing and taking people's money. That's what they do efficiently well, and well. And, and everywhere where they even dip their toe in the free market, where they perform a service, but uh, you're allowed to do it too, they always get paid a hell of a lot more yeah. for worse service. Yep. So, well, I mean, they're thieves. What do you expect? Like, right. thieves make out like bandits. That's why it's called that. So, if you're kind of incompetent, it's a great place to go. 
because you're going to get paid double what you're worth. And fail upward. Yeah. I uh, I want to segue for just a minute because uh, mm. I, I have a story, and it won't take long, but it is about a bearded person. Uh, <laughs> this from WMUR, shave it or save it. Man spends five years growing beard for Children's Hospital. Uh, this is out of Doswell, Virginia. A Virginia man has been growing his beard for five years in a mission to raise money for kids in need. Brian Thompson is auctioning off the decision to cut or keep his 23 inches of facial hair in an online fundraiser for Children's Hospital of Richmond. His inspiration for the Shave It or Save It fundraiser comes from his own child as he works to instill in his son a love for helping others. Thompson said, just to teach my son, hey, one person can make a huge difference. And that's kind of what I want to really portray to him. Voting for the Shave It or Save It fundraiser ends on December 16th. So there's, uh, I'll throw this up on the Free Talk Live social media. I just thought this was a kick-ass idea. Uh, It involved a bearded man and... Sometimes people feel helpless. They feel like there's nothing that they can do or they don't know how to contribute, something along those lines. And this type of a thing, in my opinion, is something that didn't cost this guy anything. Right. right? It's like, hey, yeah. I'm I'm auctioning off, you know, my, my, my locks of gold, if you will, right? My however long <laughs> it took him to grow his giant fucking beard. Um and he's like, I'm gonna auction this off because I already have it and so it doesn't cost me a dime and here's something that I can do. Yeah, like we have free access to a global audience. Yeah. I mean, roughly free access to a global audience. That means like we are like this is just one of the first examples of this is this is going to pop off and pop off just like uh, movie popcorn. And Mm. it's just going to be people creating new jobs as they come along. Because our our, I mean, you heard the uh, uh, where our. I mean, they call it AI technology, but it's yeah. uh, uh, algorithm sort of technology. Yeah, uh, you've heard like where that is. Okay, so we're going to be using things like that to create all sorts of uh, works of art and programming, and things will just occur to us. Well, and I'd like to see a time when uh, infrastructure uh, is on a uh, a case by case basis. Right? Uh, for example, yeah. there's there's no need for there to be Department of the Roads for any city or state or, or anything like that, because if there's a road, uh, it's been put together voluntarily by people who wanted to put it there, and uh, they will either maintain it or uh, somebody who believes that the road is still valuable and is worthy of saving, repairing, rebuilding, whatever, mm-hmm. will uh, champion for it, right? This is what's missing from today's society. If, if somebody identifies a, a problem in society... And they want to like champion for the cause, whatever cause that is. There's only a couple of ways to do it. And the most popular one, of course, is try to get the government to do it for you. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Instead of well, like they- somebody taking it on as like their their personal mission right now to like organize the businesses that need that road built or the people who live on either side of it get together, right? Organize that, communicate with everybody, figure out how much, start some sort of a GoFundMe campaign, right? Market it, right? State your case to why you need the money, how much money you need to get it done, and then that's how shit gets done. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't need a department to just sort of oversee it where you're stealing money from people year after year. No, none these of this projects, requires coercion, right? These projects get done on sort of a as needed basis, you know, maintenance included and all that kind of stuff, but it's done by people who value the thing, 
mm-hmm. rather than by you know, a, a department that just hits everybody over the head with a hammer no matter who you are. Well, and one of the uh, big uh, dividing points among libertarians is the border thing. But the reason a lot of us want borders right now is because of the welfare. Okay, well, yeah. if you don't want the government doing welfare, do welfare. Like, if you provide it, people won't need to marry the government. Uh, back, uh, we, we've talked a little bit about uh, uh, analogies to, like, telephone service, right? And so I just want to say that for the same reasons that Ma Bell was broke up, because uh, those of us uh, my age know that there used to be just a phone company. And uh, Ma Bell was broken up because, oh, look, a monopoly over something. That shouldn't be, right? That right. used to be a, an American value, at least uh, when I was growing up. And so Ma Bell broke up. And so for the same reasons that Ma Bell broke up, uh, I think the roads should be broken up, right? There, there shouldn't be um, like, you know, government yeah. should have no control over roads at all. And it should be immediately tr- uh, turned over to anybody who thinks of a good idea on how to run roads. Yeah. So going on to um, one of the points that you said earlier, um, I almost don't blame people at this point for turning to the government to solve uh, things, because at this point, if you try to fix the road, let alone even build one, like if there's a pothole to fill up, it's illegal. Like you, you literally cannot. Um, and there's and there's no one to ask. Way and volitionally fix things. Right. Like you can't just call up and say, "Hey, I'm gonna fix this." Okay. Yeah. Well, and we've done stories about, like, a a guy who uh, saw that people were having trouble, like, crossing a park, and so he built, like, a stairway for the park. Took him, like, an afternoon on a Saturday. He paid for the materials, and, you know, it cost him, I don't know, 600 bucks or something. It was something small, and it was sturdy, but uh, the the city, of course, came in and tore it down and replaced it with a much shittier version. Mm -hmm. That was done with their contractors that cost, you know, $5,000, $10,000, something like that. Hey, that was going to be our bone doggle. You can't just go being efficient. So, well, this this is actually a major motivator that I have bef- behind wanting to become an attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, is that like I I think that there are a lot of real productive people in this world that are being blocked from being productive. You by are the spot on, and, sir. Yeah, and I. It is our it entire feels, global very, situation. It restricts yeah, it initiative. Feels, it feels very unproductive that I'm basically having to untie all of these uh, knots that the government created. But yep. like, mm-hmm. um, like for example, with immigration, I- immigration, that's the law that I want to specialize in. There's, mm-hmm. there's literally thousands of people that like, if they heard about the free state project, like in Hong Kong or in Venezuela or in Cuba, like they would all flood here and just make it like, so such an economic boom, like, right. Um, you know, hub essentially um and and i want to be a part of you know removing those barriers to help them get here and help make uh new hampshire an even even greater place than it than it currently is i i want it to become like a beacon so the the historical analogy that comes to my mind about this is uh so italy had city states at one point and it was it was so uh the italian renaissance preceded the rest of europe's renaissance Mm -hmm. Uh, so, like, they, you know, unearthed a whole bunch of, like, old Roman texts and art and all of that. And uh, a big part of it is they had these city-states. And wouldn't you know it, city-states tended to get run by the merchants at some point or another. So, you ended up with uh, Venice. This is actually where glass came from. 
which I mean, we don't usually think about it, but like, holy shit, all of our technology that we use on an everyday basis, that thing you can, that magic box in your pocket, like it's all glass. Yeah. Being able to yeah. see each other, like having the vitamin D without the wind, like we don't think about it, but this is what happened when you had just people, all these influences coming in together and trading and mm. spying some of the time and trying to one-up each other, and that's how they created clear glass. Yeah, innovation mm. happens, uh, particularly when uh, there is focused competition. Yeah. I mean, to, to your example, uh, Peakless, I don't even think you have to go back that far. I think you could just look to America. Like, I mean, America's. I think the best example of that where you get people of a whole bunch of different backgrounds and like um, languages and religions and uh, ethnicities and cultures and ideas and you bring them together to solve problems and like you just see um, innovation and creativity and uh, you know human creations like mankind has never seen like I, I don't think that that's um, I don't think that's by accident. I, I think that that actually is like a natural outgrowth of what happens when you um, bring people together um, that have different um, mindsets on things. And I'm not talking about like political beliefs. Those are so those are fairly irre I, irrelevant. <laughs> given that that was across like half of a continent, I kind of think that that's closer to what we have ahead of us. Because mm. like... I mean, I could be wrong, and it, I fully and absolutely believe in free will, so we can certainly derail in all sorts of ways, but the way it seems just inescapably headed to me is that decentralized technology is stronger. It is, So that means that these networks are going to be the source of power in the world that we're building now. So uh, the, the, the ideas of property are going to be spread throughout the world in a market yeah there are there are aspects of uh, blockchain time chain whatever you want to call it that can replace the existing model of uh, things ip addresses uh you know things yeah. related to relaying packet technology right uh, can, can all be done uh, on the blockchain rather than in, in the way it's done now through bureaucratic processes. And eventually, mm -hmm. eventually it will, get, it will get done through that because it is efficient and it already exists. Yeah. Nobody has to go build it. They're like, oh, we can just take this thing we already do, put it up here and it makes it better. Wow. We should do that. Like eventually, <laughs> eventually even government has to run into that when it comes to like paperwork, bureaucracy stuff, right? Record mm -hmm. keeping and all that kind of crap. So uh, it, it's just going to happen. It's there's no way it can't yeah. happen unless computing somebody invents technology an even hit better way, point. right? Yeah, like the, the computing well, technology hit the saturation point that a decentralized power source is greater than any centralized power source. Yeah. I think I think we'll see uh, what you guys are talking about next um, in elections because in New Hampshire there was uh, some testing uh, in a couple of towns on some open source. Um, vote machines, mm -hmm. and I think that that's like the gateway drug into uh, having voting happen on the blockchain. I love um, it because, like, I mean, I I would love to have voting happen on the blockchain because it's it could so still be obvious. private. 
Um, you can have a private key right. that, like, if you wanted to verify that your vote was uh, adequately counted and that all the responses were put in, you could enter in the private key and view it. Right. Um, but, you know, you could be the only one to access that private key, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would it would make it super easy for recounts. You could basically do it, like, five seconds and i mean the yeah. counting is and every private general, key can uh, like every seed phrase can uh produce an infinite number of private keys so you could for every mm-hmm. single election use a different wallet yep. and we would know absolutely certainly okay this was cast from this wallet at this time yeah yep. and, and good luck trying to hack into um one of those machines i mean like uh that would be like somebody trying to hack into bitcoin like <laughs> you know i mean you'd have to make sure that that uh it is secure like Bitcoin, but like you can, I mean, Bitcoin is open. You could literally just probably create a system like this off of Bitcoin. Like I'm, I'm no expert or anything, but like, uh, it seems a, like it's something fairly simple to oh, do. Oh, it's a, 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 an obvious choice for, for the use. It's an obvious use case for time chain technology to have a permanent mm-hmm. record that is also uh, pseudonymous. Uh, uh, pseudo anonymous because you that way you have the best of both worlds. You know that it was definitely only one, and it was somebody you don't know who. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like the industries known as um, well this one specifically gambling, online gambling. I think <laughs> we will see some technology come out of related to blockchain verification. You know, prize winnings that kind of a thing. Uh, the more that mm. that industry grows. Uh, and adopts cryptocurrency. I think we'll see some things come out of there. I think we're um, we're going to see things come out of telephony communications. You know, I think we're going to you're going to have voice over blockchain at some point, which will be interesting. I will. I mean, in terms of the mo- in terms of the monetary thing, there are some aspects of on online that um, purely operate off of cryptocurrency. Like, uh, I, I'd argue that the thing that made the internet super popular was, uh, you know, was pornography. Uh, yep, yep. And 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 um, Pornhub, the website, completely um, only runs off of crypto. Um, oh, so it is like, only uh, donations. Yeah, um, because they've been debanked by uh, Visa and Mastercard, so um, they they have this to go down that choke route. Point. Yeah, uh, and and I've been calling for that for a long time because you're right. That is what saved the internet was uh, pornography. Yeah. <laughs> they they came up with a business use case that worked. Oh weird it's also uh (laughs) it's also why video technology it's what has dominated the video technology pretty much as long as it's existed yeah and uh sites like pornhub uh, get used in creative ways Uh, for example uh when a really popular movie first comes out and you know you get those camera versions or whatever like yeah there's still torrent sites and all that kind of stuff but people were actually uploading them to pornhub Mm. so you can just go (laughs) online and stream it for free (laughs) yeah that was one (laughs) That was one thought I have because uh, I I I, I like to make Star plan Wars A, plan B, plan and, C, yeah. plan D all the way. You know, as as far as I can plan, like one of the possibilities is like, you know, between Pornhub and FetLife, there's always some dirty site that you're allowed to talk about whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So like, because no know, one likes to be kink shamed on these dirty sites. Yeah. Yeah, I think all that's, the, that's all, a good point. And I have seen an anarchist video on Pornhub, just like a <laughs> dude talking at a camera about like, here's what my government's a stupid idea. Yeah, right. Well, a watch. Uh, I mean, I I think that probably at this point there's more daily engagement and viewership and stuff on sites like Pornhub than Twitter. Um, you know, like it wouldn't surprise me if um, you know 
like the first ten uh, top as ten as if they were mutually exclusive instead of interlaced. Uh, I'm sorry, Zevin. Mm. Go ahead. Oh uh, well, I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me if like the top ten most visited websites were all porn uh, related, and then like you know you'd find Facebook and and Twitter and Instagram like at number like yeah. fifty or or you know maybe twenty five if they're lucky. Um, <laughs> Cause I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, has, has, um, grappled a hold of humanity since like, um, the inception of it, arguably you go back to these, mm. uh, to these old, um, well, this, this was or, actually or one of the, and... this was one of the tactics of the Norse. So because you mm. never saw titties and it just wasn't yeah. a part of your world, they would specifically go out there and flash the warriors just to remind them what they're <laughs> fighting for and to like get their juices running because this is why they're going to stab or get stabbed. Right. And that's mm. kind of where Chile deers came from was that mm. idea of like, here, here's something like they, they had like an entire uh, job for that. Like here you go, <laughs> go like, you know, go, mm, get all crazy and then yeah, take your clothes <laughs> off in, in front of all of our warriors. Thank Damn. you. Well, I- I'm sure that if uh, I'm sure that if you told a te- cheerleader that now, it'd probably just like gross her out, and you'd probably think that you were lying to her. Um, <laughs> um, but but I mean, no, I mean I I believe you, and I think that that's um, definitely true. It ju- it just like it makes you think about um, you know where a lot of our current cultural traditions come from. I think that if you ask the current um, American when Jesus Christ was born, they would literally tell you December 25th, which like oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah is so ridiculous to me, but like, um, you know, it's, it's sort of the story that we're told, um, you know, growing up. Um, but so I have, I, a, I I have a question for both of you guys, mm. uh, yeah. a little bit of a segue, but, uh, I, I'm a rock and roll heavy metal kind of guy. Mm. Right. And, uh, yeah, I like to rock out. I like to, um, I, I like the idea of being a rebel in, you know, many ways, shapes and forms. And I think that rock and roll, you know, at least was the music of, of rebels, Mm. Uh, at some point along the oh, way, yeah. and uh, so that I devil music. What I don't see is <laughs> actual rebels. Oh my god, <laughs> like, how sad is that? Uh, like right? I, I know that there's a bunch yeah. of us, you know, here in New Hampshire and, and more on the way, but like that seems like a you're a for, more on the way <laughs> for a uh, <laughs> for a country that you know is supposed to be filled. With rock and roll rebels. Um, I will plug uh, uh, Media Monarchy. Uh, they do run a radio station that has like just all anarchist music yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad someone's doing oh, that. Right. Because- I played around with doing an internet station like that, where I can, you know, I can just whatever that sort of alludes to, you know, libertarian anarchist thoughts. Like, you know, throw together playlists and put that up and just spin it 24 seven. Right. But but where yeah. we where had are so much where's rebellion. the rebellion? Where's the rebels in the United States of America? Where and are they? Then they commanded our obedience. That's my question. Uh, where are the rebels? Yeah, stabbed I, I honestly, in the back. I'm, I'm I'm going to make the assertion that um, it's basically dead everywhere but here. Um, like there was a time in which it's been dead before. And it's made a comeback in the Renaissance, which like it very well could, and mm-hmm. I think it's going to happen here. Um, but that being said, I, I think you're right. At the moment, it is it has very much been been killed. Um, like, and and we might see it again. We we might not. You know, like 
I guess only time will tell. Well, I think that it's the time of choice. Yeah. Like everyone's getting the option and most people do what most people are doing. So like it either will or won't. I mean, A, it could split or B, we could just get a, uh, a critical mass of people that eventually like just go with the decentralization thing. Yep. And the thing about decentralization is it comes with responsibility. Yeah. Like you, you actually have to be uh, with power comes responsibility. Right. But the reason you want decentralization to drive, uh, I, I want to call it the evolution, not the revolution, but the, the evolution mm. away from statism. Right. The reason that I want that to drive and the reason I think that everybody else on planet earth should want that is because it is a way to change things without a violent, you know, sort of a overthrow and replace, right? Because that's what everybody thinks. Oh, well, if you get rid of the government, what are you going to replace it with? Nothing. There's a way to do it. It's called decentralization. Well, and I think what they it really want to know is... And it, it's it's efficient. It's cheap. It's here. We just need more people developing on it. So, like, there, mm -hmm. there's two sides of that. One side is who will build the roads, like who will actually uh, perform the services that We've are currently monopolized. Yeah. But there, the the deeper question is: but who will be responsible in this world that you want to build? People mm -hmm. who well, are the answer is you. Well, yeah, that's true. Yes. You, you will be responsible yeah. for you, and that's fucking terrifying. Can you imagine uh, having something more along the lines of uh, responsibility police? Like, hey, you know, oh, this was the altercation. Uh, were you responsible? Yeah, well, okay, right? You know, mm. can you imagine if so, like those were your dispute resolution people? They're not really even police. They're not like armed or whatever. Is it just and and you look for all right? Well, whose responsibility was it? Oh, it was mine. Right? If you just sort of you know look for where the responsibility well, was supposed to be instead of where the fault or the uh, the infraction against the uh, the law or the uh, you know whatever the written words are. And it's the identical question to whose property is this? Yeah, or who initiated the force. Right. right. Yeah. So just going back on to something that uh, you said earlier, Captain, uh, I think that I think that the uh, time that um, that the American like uh, standing up to authority really died was after nine eleven. Um like after 9-11 happened and the Patriot Act passed and the TSA uh, was rolled out and the fact that like no one stood up to that, yeah. um, you know, like that was, well, Ron Paul did. That, that was, I think um, when, when it all really died. I mean, if there was, if there was a pushback that was equivalent to how people said, no, I'm not wearing masks or no, I'm, you know, going to defy stay at home orders. Like if there was even like a pushback that was as small as we saw during COVID and boy, well, was it small. To be um, fair, like, they I think did. That we could have rolled back a lot of stuff. Well, to be fair, they did have the biggest protests since the '60s, but mm -hmm. the fact was, like, we didn't know what to do about it, and like, it would be years before that not knowing what to do about it evolved into a slightly more uh, articulate form of not doing about it, uh, not knowing what to do about it in the like um, end Wall Street, uh, uh, the Occupy movement. Occupy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Which, by the way, uh, uh, an anarchist was credited with putting that together. Uh, nice. Graber, I'm trying, David Graber, 
Uh, he is an anarchist, although a left-leaning anarchist. Uh, he, I, I read one of his books, and uh, I saw one of his lectures on it's a uh, mm, debt the first five thousand years, mm-hmm. money the first five. I don't know something about that. It's basically, history. I think it was debt the first five thousand yeah. years. So anyway, a uh, famous book. Yeah. Uh, so he's credited with uh, sort of founding Occupy Wall Street movement. Uh, he actually got kicked out of uh, United States universities for his anarchist views and had to go. Uh, teach over uh, in Europe somewhere at a, at a university over there because well he had nowhere else to go but that's how smart he is he's a professor of uh, anthropology uh, super smart dude if you ever like I, I don't recommend very many like left leaning anything but uh, David Graeber yeah. is worth a watch you're you're gonna see where oh there's the left part mm-hmm. but like everything else that uh, he brings to the table I think is worth well, uh, watching. And I am all for reaching across the aisle and learning what you can from each other. I do think that leftism works inside a family, and that's it. Mm. Um, Well, um, something that that could have been done to roll back the the war on terror, in my opinion, is something that, like, could have um, happened, like, throughout history, which was just basic civil disobedience. I mean, if people just approached the TSA lines and they told them to, like, you know, put their stuff in a, in, in like a little bin and take their yeah. shoes off. If they just told them, no, like the power of saying no, right. is just so powerful. And unfortunately, the, <laughs> you know, if you say no now, it's way less powerful than if you said no, then yeah, like, there's like four or five, to say no. four or five blue shirts. And there's like a hundred people in line. Right? <laughs> like, right. If you just all like so stood I'm, up to them, like you're fired, go home. You're fired today. Go home. If that's all you yeah. did, you're fired. Go home. What would happen? <laughs> right. Yeah, like all of them. Exactly. And like um but and you can't even with, you can't like, get 100 people to act like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even with civil disobedience back then like uh there's the rule there's the rule of uh 3.5%, right? Which is that like if 3.5% of uh a community is actively resisting right uh something they're likely to win right um the civil rights movement was actually less than one percent and they still won um so you wouldn't even have to get like everybody in the room to not comply you would only like if it was a room of 100 people you just have to get three or four people in the room to not comply yeah it's weird a lot of things and i mean i do think this is why morality exists is because it has that long-term thing to it but like a lot of people can't see what any individual act of resistance is doing. I mean, like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I've I've certainly criticized 1984 because it doesn't have any fucking solutions. Yeah. But yeah. that has inspired a lot of anarchists. I mean, like, yeah. Justin got inspired as a, a, a wacky consequence of someone reading 1984. Um, so, you mean so, Justin O'Donnell? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, 101 I, Reasons, uh, yeah. The, the book, yeah. the novelization. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a very, very strong activist. So mm-hmm. and it's one of those like, OK, every little action, you never know exactly what that's going to snowball into. So even well, I mean, like I'm I'm very critical of political action, but sometimes you might just slow up the right thing and you never know what it's going to do if that's well, even- your your way. Even the smallest actions can result in huge outcomes. Like I have a friend in California who, um, at the time, I knew I was a libertarian, yada yada, um, but I wasn't really doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave me uh, Ron Paul's "End the Fed and the Revolution," 
Um, and after I read those, I found out about the Free State Project. You know, I got super involved, and like, and now I'm out here, and you know, I'm going to I'm going to law school with a focus on liberty. And you know, I've reviewed thousands or you know, hundreds of bills, soon to be thousands of bills with the MHLA. Yeah, you certainly um, have. And yeah, and and like all because that guy gave me a book or two books rather, which is like, you know, in my opinion is a pretty small act. Those books probably only cost him like, you know, $20 total. Well, and if um, it, if your life path follows the expectation, then you're going to be opening a door for people throughout the world to be around other people who believe in property rights. So yeah. how much change is because that going to make? Because of two yeah. books? Yeah. A ripple in a pond. And, uh, yeah, and who knows what inspired him, you know, before that. Maybe somebody gave him a book. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why I love the idea of broadcast, and I'm also a free speech absolutist because mm -hmm. there's there's no other way to tell where the people you don't want to be like are. <laughs> right? If you don't allow that's everybody right. to say their say uh, in a way that's, you know, that they want to say it, then you have no other method to tell where people you don't want to be like are. Yeah. And so, um, you know, reaching people, you know, if, if we can do that with this particular podcast, uh, free talk live, you know, the help of LRN.FM, then I mean, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't. And in fact, I kind of feel like it's a duty, you know? Well, yeah. and the thing about your rights is if you express them, then you have them. You must exercise right. them or somebody else will take them from you. I mean, well, we believe in the right is, of association, is, so it's timely flexed. Well, this is why I'm so adamant about, um, you know, not wearing the mask in federal court and why I'm at least glad that we had the uh, overflow room, because I don't want to get to the point to where um, if you want to go to court, like you have to engage in their religious ceremony. Like you, I feel like um, my like one of my jobs is to push. Um, you know, just the very edge of the outer limit of like what's legal, <laughs> um, you know, to, to like retain those rights. Like that's why every time I fly, like, um, you know, I, I comply with all of the federal regulations and stuff yeah. like that in terms of like locking my firearm, but I do fly with my firearm um, because I don't want to see a future um, where like it's become so uncommon to fly with a firearm that they just quietly ban it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that like people should um, find little things to do like that every day. It could be something like um, buying something with cryptocurrency. Yeah, rebel a little bit be, every day. Yeah, yep. Or it could just be like if a cop pulls you over, you know, just basically saying like I don't have to answer questions, right. <laughs> you know, or well, just something and, basic like that. And the network technology that we have available to us means that. I mean, you can get on this and broadcast that. And now yep. that one act that you've performed has been magnified and amplified by setting an example so that all of them can, in the back of their mind, remember, yeah, you know, I could rebel just a little bit against the tyrants. Push hmm. a little bit on the empire's boot on my neck. And, hmm. and maybe they'll tell someone. Yeah. And that'll encourage them to push back on the boot just a little bit and the way that can snowball with the technology that we have now, like all we have to do is shine the light on you. I mean, sunlight, it kills the infection. 
They hate admitting that taxation is theft. Yeah. They hate calling a spade a spade. That's the, their whole power is deception. And they demand that you deceive others. Yeah. Or else. That's the worst part. Yeah. I mean, five um, of the crypto six had to admit to shit they didn't do. Yeah. It's one thing to like, or else. to like live your own delusion. It's another thing entirely to force that delusion upon other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned taxation is theft. I just wanted to make a, a quick side New Hampshire point. Um, so last week was organization day at the state house, which is basically where they pick uh, new leadership and things like that. And the New Hampshire Democrats made a bingo sheet of like, you know, everything that you run into. Um, and two of the uh, bingo slots were liberty related. One of them uh, said like, oh, you know, taxation is theft. And then the other one was just liberty. Um, so it just goes to show you how, uh, how common the liberty sentiment here is in the state house. I, I don't know um, any other state in which it would be so common to hear taxation is theft on the main opening day of, uh, you know, of like a government getting into session. Like that's pretty based. And, and that's the thing. They obviously work very hard to maintain uh, people's perceptions. So if we can mm. tweak that, if we can change that culture, if we can seed these ideas. Yeah. It can and I don't through. think there's ever, I don't think there's actually been any, uh, political ramifications for any state rep who has said it, because I think at least five or six uh, state reps in the past have said it and like didn't lose their seats like as, as a result of saying it. That's awesome. Um, so, hey, uh, Zephan, so, I mean, it is time answer. for us to end the program for today. Thank you so much for participating yeah, and we you appreciate guys. you. Uh, you know, maybe we'll talk cool. to you again next week. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, did I miss the, the seven words? Yeah, twice. Uh, no, on Zephan. Oh, Zephan, did you do the seven words? Oh, um, no. Uh, Take us shit, out. Piss, cock. Okay. Shit, piss, cock, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Well, almost enough. Almost. Uh, shit, piss, fuck, oh. cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, oh. tits. Yeah, you, you left out I fuck. I didn't say fuck. No, I didn't. Well, all right thanks again Zephan. we appreciate you uh it's time for us to take you out with something that i got uh, believe it or not it's a parody song i'm not familiar with the source material however but i thought that it was well done enough that it deserved a little play here this is a parody of ftx November 6th, the token's value began to fall, losing more than 80% of its worth in the span of 72 hours. Looks like we got a situation on our hands. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night. He was sitting at home, looking at a JPEG on his trusty iPhone. It was a rare NFT of a hipster mouse. So he did what you do. He mortgaged his house and he put in a bid. He was getting the itch. He couldn't sit there while he saw those other people get rich. But then the market crashed. The value deflated. This shouldn't be allowed. They should regulate it. He saw a JPEG. It looked in demand. So he mortgaged his house, spent 400 grand. We need to pass new laws to prevent this fate. He wouldn't be so dumb if we regulate. Yeah, what, um, hmm, that's not 100% what I was talking about. 
I mean, the first part was was okay, but it's more like it was a cool, crisp day. He was watching the game. That's when he saw a commercial with folks of acclaim. Crypto returns that'll never default. So he thought what you think. That sounds too good to be false. Mortgage this house, research the rate, checked out the CEO. Nothing seemed out of place. But when he checked one morning, the value was gone. We should make fraud illegal. This is all just wrong. He did his research and he studied up, then bought invisible tokens. This guy just made up. It was a harsh consequence for an honest mistake. His IQ wouldn't be five if we regulate. You know, on the message boards for the NFTs, I'm one of the smarter people. So, you do the math. It was a lukewarm noon, he's on Capitol Hill Cause he got margin called and was facing a bill You don't understand, I've lost all that I had You need to pass more laws, this is terribly bad Uh, excuse me, thanks for letting me join But isn't part of the issue him? There's a new dog coin? Maybe the underlying tech is one we shouldn't forestall It's possible one day Shibu Inu it's called If he hadn't been allowed to be a hodler He wouldn't have the impulse control of a toddler We could end human nature with the pen stroke today Why do I have a feeling that they're gonna regulate? You shouldn't prey on folks with financial illiteracy By the way, have you seen the state lottery? The Powerball's one billion, you better not wait He's gonna make good decisions when we regulate